What's up, you guys? I'm your host, Michael Swoboda, and this is the Average Alaskan Podcast, the show where we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of Alaskan outdoors and life here in Alaska. Episode 53, chugging right along. Today, I'm joined by the one, the only, not Sean Love. He's not here today, but we got better for you. Infamous for his episode three appearance and the ever so catchy catchphrase, don't fucking eat that. Jacob Richter sitting in with us today. Hi, Jake. What's up? <laughs> I was going to make a joke. Did you pay full price for half a bullet? It's, it's hollow on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's all oh, oh, for uh, aerodynamic uh, superiority. No, they're just trying oh. to rip you off. <laughs> <laughs> Those are nice burger bullets, man. No. So we got Jake with us today. Uh, sitting down. We had nothing else going on. We were going to sit down and record this earlier this week for you guys. But uh, both of us had some uh, work stuff going on. I was working 4 a.m.s. Uh, Jake had some stuff going on, so, uh, we decided to push it back to this weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend, so we had plenty of time. It's a little dreary out, so, uh, we had nothing going on, so we decided to, uh, throw one together real quick for you guys. We got a bunch of stuff to cover. Jake's been doing all kinds of stuff. It's been a long time since he's been on here, so, uh, we're going to catch up on, uh, just about everything. Um, before we hopped on, we were just starting to bullshit and tell a story, so we decided to pause that and, uh, Hop on with you guys. So we're going to just uh, pick up from there. Jake was off hiking at the head of Catchmack Bay doing some exploratory, uh, just wandering about. You hadn't been up there. So uh, let's pick up where we left off. Tell the people what you were up to. Well, yeah, I went down there. <laughs> I'd be honest with you, I went down there because I was going to do that, that kayaking trip. And I wanted to see like how bad the maps are. And they're really bad. Because um, I was like, because, you know, the tide goes out at the head of the bay. And I was like, well, fuck, I got to. I swear, I can swear on this podcast, right? Oh yeah, you're good. Okay. I was like, I was like, <laughs> good thing to check three minutes in. Yeah, no, like three minutes, a second after. I swear, I was like, I was like, well, fuck, because the tide goes out. I don't know. There's like one campsite at the head of the bay. I'm like, am I gonna just get like, you know, like that? Those people get stuck out in Anchorage where they, they just get stuck in the mud flats on the kayak, just yeah. like fucking there. Well, Some that just died out there up recently. in uh, Point Hope like four days ago. Yeah. Uh, sorry for that individual. That's a sad thing, but. uh don't, don't walk fucking in the- walk in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> if it's sticky, don't fucking go. I don't understand. Dude, yeah, I forgot who it was, but I was looking on Facebook, but there's like a big press release about it. And I think it was in a, it was like a hiking Alaska page or something that I'm part of it. They had to do like a whole PSA about it. And like, why would you want to anyway? <laughs> there's nothing I, out I there. There's nothing out there. There's not even fucking birds out there. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to walk to the edge of the water and oh, oh, like, oh my my knees are underground now. Yeah, that's like some straight birder shit, though. Like, honestly, like, walking out in the mud flats, like, during, after, um, after fucking bird fest, did you notice the, the footprints in through the mud flats in Homer? Oh, dude. On the left side, there's someone, there's someone just like knee deep, apparently. Yeah, and pulse tolling across. <laughs> They're still there. We've had how many title cycles? Yeah. Like, that was the sketchy zone. When yeah. you're above your calf every step, you're about four inches from fucked. Those, those footprints are fossils now. They, they, we can study those years after because they're never going to go away. They're so fucking. Dude, and it, like, it's such a raw, like, that's got to be one of the worst ways to go, too. Cause, I like, know. Because, uh, like, you know, not to make light of a shitty situation, but, you know, tourists came up. They were, doing, you know, either fishing, beachcombing, whatever they were doing. But, yeah, we get. 
25 plus foot title swings up here. Turnigan Arm, which Point Hope is right there at the base of Turnigan Arm. Like yeah. one of the largest title, I think it's Turnigan Arm's the second largest title zone in the world behind one place in like Norway. You can surf it. Yeah. You can surf a boar tide <laughs> for hours on end. Yeah. Because it's just a continuous wave that goes miles. Yeah. And that's the water that's coming to drown you. And he's like, I'm just going to walk through this really quick. I want to go see what's out here in the nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just watched all this water go out. It won't come back anytime he's, soon. That's called extreme tide bullets. <laughs> yeah. No, and it like, you sink above your knees. And like, this happened to me this fall packing a moose out. Walking through a muskeg, you're in that soft, you know, soupy mud, which is no big deal. You go ankle deep, whatever. But you get into that, like, real quick sandy shit, and, like, it's start. you know, you're calf deep. You're just muscle through it. The second it gets above your knee, hosed. Yeah. Like, even with nothing on you, hard to get out of. Like, in that situation, you know, I had a moose hindquarter on my back, all my gear. You get above the knee, you've got, like, Three inches of mo- movement and no weight. Like, you're up to your waist in water to begin with. And yeah. you just, you can't do anything. You're just, if you don't have another person there that can pull you out without them getting stuck, mm-hmm. you're hosed. And that's in a spot that doesn't gain 25 feet of water in six hours. Like, luckily that, that muskeg wasn't going to fill up on me. I would have just been stuck there, yeah. you know. Oh, <clears throat> but you do that in a tidal flat. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you do that in a tidal flat, you've got, depending where you're at, you've got like hour and a half to three hours to figure it out. And that, I mean, it sounds like they were able to get re- get a hold of rescue services, but they weren't a- able to get them out before. You know how they do that, too? Ugh. It's crazy. They, what they do is they, um, they use water and they jet it into the, into the mud flat. And it and turns like, it into soup, basically. Just kind of blow out all the structure to where you're yeah, just kind of so in it, a puddle at it, that it, point. Basically, yeah, basically, no, well, basically, if you just if you inject water into it, it's like it turns and basically just turns it straight to liquid because all the water in the air bubbles mm-hmm. breaks up that mud immediately. It's also how they uh, do clam surveys. Oh, really? Yeah, my friend uh, equated it to like uh, alien abduction because you just basically <laughs> fucking they basically just liquidate like, an entire section of sand and they take a lacrosse lacrosse things like lacrosse nets <laughs> and go in reach in and grab them out it's fucking hilarious <laughs> so and they're like, they probably can't move anywhere because no. they rely on the structure to get you know yeah, they're just that's... they're just fucking stuck there and you're like it must be fucking crazy to be a clam and that, and that's how, just fucking <laughs> <laughs> your whole world just dissolves around yeah. you and just... a real acid trip and then a fucking lacrosse net comes in and grabs your ass <laughs> oh what an hell like couldn't even get a good sport equipment tool. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, no. If it works, it works. It ain't stupid if it works. You want to just eat them out in the ocean after that? Just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. You just move three counties over, my guy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, and before we get too deep, want to thank everybody for uh, doing all that you do, supporting us with what we do, leaving your reviews, liking. Doing all that boring stuff that every podcaster, every YouTuber, and every so quote unquote social media influencer does. We hate doing it, but uh had to throw that out there. And just for if anybody hasn't had Jake on here but or listened to the episode where we've had Jake on here before, episode three, go check it out. Great listen. Uh but Jake's kind of our local bird expert, uh EMT expert, and all the other expertise he has in kayaking. Outdoor adventure, 
living out of the back of a Subaru, whatever it is. In my opinion, episode three was the best episode that he's had on this so far. So I <laughs> heck yeah, hey, the analytics prove it. I think it uh, ranks like top seven of our episodes. Oh, it's not so. number one though. Ah, Got to do better. We'll get this one up here. We'll get yeah. this one up here. Come uh, on, no great episode. We refer to it all the time. Uh, when in doubt, follow the great words of Jake Richter. Uh, don't fucking eat that. Um, <laughs> but no, Jake's Jake's our resource uh, for everything. Uh, kind of odds and ends for Alaska Outdoors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he falls in the miscellaneous category. Uh, <laughs> You'll find my section in the consignment store. <laughs> no. Jake, me and Jake have been friends for a long time. And uh, anytime somebody tells me to, or like asks me to describe them, uh, it's usually like eclectic. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Just like... Because it's just, it's one of those things, it's nothing that I, like, like for your birding, for example, love birds, think they're dope. I could never personally see myself waking up <laughs> or making a trip out of it, you know what I mean? Like waking up five in the morning, sitting out in bullshit weather with a spotting scope, <laughs> trying to find a goddamn bird you haven't seen in months. <laughs> Or ever, come on now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, and I, the worst part is, I totally see the appeal, but I'm like... How does one get into that? And then, lo and behold, one of my great friends goes, I think I'm into birds. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> How does that happen? No. But, uh, so just wanted to give you all a little, give you Jake's credentials in his uh, <laughs> wildlife world. I'm a novice but, at, like, everything, basically. Hey, <laughs> master, master of known, jack of all, baby. We're all there. Absolutely. We, you know, we're all freaking still green behind the ears with everything. We're... We're young, but we got nothing but time on our side. For now, I. Um, but anyway, I was out. I was out in the Fox River for a few reasons. Well, I was trying to go out there because the um, Fox River is fucking cool, and I've never seen it before. It's like this big ass blip on our map, and it's just so deep in Catchmack Silo, which is like, no offense, kind of ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough that I took my kayak off the top of my car before I went there. Like, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, anybody can work a ratchet strap. There's no fucking way I'm going, going down there. No, there's just. Let's be honest. There's no rules in the Russian village. There's what ha- what no. happens in the Russian village stays in the Russian village. The Alaska State Troopers stop at the switchback trail. Oh. Like they don't go any further than that. <laughs> yeah, but Shit, yeah. they barely go past McNeil. Oh, <laughs> they fuck. hit the dump and they're like, "All right, yeah. we'll do a old East End loop and call it a day." <laughs> For real though, it's fucking gross out there. But I wanted to go out there because I wanted to see that freaking trail because it's on the map. It's, it exists, but I could not find it. Like, it, like I, I went out to the first river. I had to stop my car. I parked my car far off the fucking road, so no drunk Russian. Like, <laughs> like not within stumbling distance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just got to take a piss. Ooh, that's a nice forerunner. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah, my, my, you, have to be, you have to be completely sober to get out to it. That's the trick. And then I had to fucking do a kind of sketchy river crossing that I, I learned an important lesson on, which was that you should... I was like, it's pretty shallow. So I only put my... I only put my <laughs> Final last words. I, That's I, pretty shallow. I only put my I only put my waiters on like halfway like a retard. I don't <laughs> really cut a corner there. Oh, really, I don't know why I did that. And I fucking I fucking took a step immediately wet. I went, I went straight down past my hips. And it was it was already through my waiters. Like I'm fucked. I'm gonna die right here. <laughs> you cut three seconds out of putting your uh, waiters on. I haven't gotten to the trail yet. I'm like oh god damn it. And so I fucking and of course it's blowing sideways. But I fucking my um. My my neighbor when I was my my like like my grandfather that's not my grandfather my neighbor passed away like 
two weeks ago that same day, and I was like, I want to go outside. Like, mem- remember him. But, of course, he died on a really fucking windy day. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> and so I was, it's fucking blowing sideways. I was cold as shit. I was wet. I'm like, nah, fuck it. I'm still going. I'm going to keep going. And I keep fucking going out there. And, of course, the tide's fucking way out. And I'm realizing that for my kayak trip, which is going to be going around the head of the bay, I'm like, I got to fucking time that right. Because yeah. if I don't, I'm screwed. Which is another lesson learned. But put my put my waders on all the way and also <laughs> kayak at high tide. <laughs> and I got as far as maybe like a mile. And then immediately I, I, I finally found the trail. And right when I get to the trail, there's fucking cows on it. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn kilchers. And, and, and it was the fucking kilchers cows, which is kind of cool. I was like, all right, that's, those are famous cows. But after that, I'm like, I'm not going to get my shit stomped in. <laughs> right. Over. I don't trust these uh, free range yeah. uh, Alaska cows. Yeah. Especially after Otto gets his fucking shit kicked in last year. <laughs> right. Oh, he got, yeah, he got brutalized. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> uh, that's the, the, he, those cows fucked up their dad. Like, I, <laughs> they, don't give, they don't give a shit about me. <laughs> right. This is kayaker. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, so you ended, did you make it to, um, Kind of that like fence crossing point, like so. I made it past the fence. I made it past mm-hmm. the first bridge. Okay, and yep. I was up on the up, up on the hillside, and I was like, finally, this trail starting, and then yep. uh, cows. Gotcha. <laughs> Were you working up? Uh, so as you're heading out, because I've only been up there. This is kind of the same situation. Me and Sean went up there for a black bear hunt last uh, last spring, and grew up. My dad's house is like 16 miles out east, and it mm-hmm. overlooks the head of Catchmack Bay, the Fox River, yep. and it was always one of those spots that's just like right there but it's you know it's out of the way kind of a pain in the ass to get to it i'd never been there and it's just one of those things like, i live three quarters of the way there already just never adventured out there it's sketchy you're like i don't fucking want to go out yeah there. well <laughs> and you're like trying to figure out where the freaking switchbacks begin is like deciphering the da vinci code you have to ask like three people's cousin's brother to fucking pull up the archive i was like isn't it just a road that goes through another road they're like but yes but there's a story uh, yeah, and it's like what? <laughs> First, you have to talk to the troll bridge and unlock the fucking. It's like what? Or, or they'll pretend like they don't speak English when they don't even know Russian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. dude, when we had Sean went out there because we had uh, one of our coworkers, um, he was working for uh, me and my dad at the time, and you know he he kind of he lived out that way for a while and we didn't want to leave a truck and trailer down there we were going to be gone for three four days and so we asked him if he'd drive us out there we were like he was like yeah no problem i know right where it's at sweet show up he's hammered drunk <laughs> so you know he hops in passenger we're heading out there uh he's giving us directions because sean's been out there like once for like a high school party and i'd never been out there um but my coworker was like oh dude i got you you know gives us directions take us takes us completely wrong spot we unload the wheelers like all right we're heading out fucking go to because i got my onyx maps up i'm like all right i think i'm sure if you get here it's probably an unmarked trail that goes down switchbacks its way down um because when anybody describes it they're like you can only get down it with horse and four wheeler, really fucked up trail, blah blah blah. How did you fuck this up so many times? I've I found it the first. You just right. the end of the road. Well, that's what. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought it was, and I because I'd been in the area, kind of where it wise, where you can keep going straight into yeah. the village or take a take a left, takes you down to the switchbacks to get to catch Silo. So we got there, and he's like, "Oh, I'll turn here. It's right here." And I was like, 
are you sure? But I was like, he's got to know better than me. Um, we take the wheelers down. I'm on Onyx. You know, I'm like, all right, I think this is the right way because we're on, like, the edge of service. So I'm trying to get all my shit done first. That fucking nothing out uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> and so go down here, end up in just somebody's driveway, get off the wheelers. We're full fucking camoed out, right? Rifles and packs on our back. Like, we're bear hunting at this point. <laughs> you know? I walk up. There's this, like, probably 12-year-old uh, Russian boy pressure washing his dad's truck. I walk up, and I was like, hey, like, sorry to bug you. Are the switchbacks over here? Like, am I the right spot? Like, can you help a brother out? <laughs> and he just didn't talk to me, went and got his mom. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And she was just like, didn't really want to talk to me, you know, kind of standoffish, which I get, whatever. I'm on your property in the middle of nowhere. And like, yeah. you know, I'm you, full, you I look like here. an asshole. Like, you know? <laughs> You're definitely a tourist now. Yeah. And I'm like, because there's an old, like, gated off trail that went down one of the canyons. And I was like, that's pretty fucked up. I don't mm. think, we're, I was like, at the time I've got a $20,000 four wheeler. I'm like, I don't think I could get down that. How do they get trucks down that? She was like, no, no, it's on the other, you know, you go all the way back to the main road, turn down. I was like, and that was the point where I was like, I'm pretty sure it's this way, but we went the wrong way. So we just took the four wheelers and drove like 10 miles down the highway and fucking, um, finally found the trail, got down there, uh, ripped on down there, but it's a long Fucking, it's a long you're not, stretch. You're like, not there. Until hoofing you, it on the foot, like, yeah. to get up to, like, the Fox River, that's a good little hike. Like, it took us a good 15, 20 minutes on wheelers. Yeah. Probably, you know, walking through those tide flats, probably an easy three-hour hike on foot. I wanted to do it on a mountain bike. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, or even, like, a fat tire bike would probably do good out there. Yeah. Uh, but when you got down there, were you heading up, um, like, you pass the gate, get to, like, the first bridge, and then there's kind of, like, a... Uh, line. I kind of follow the side of the ridge line. Yeah, ridge line, and then there's a trail that works up, literally, up like the first canyon, literally as far as I got. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you would have gone like maybe another 400 yards up that trail, there's probably a brand new vortex spotting scope somewhere on the you left. Hand. <laughs> that's, Are you fucking serious? That's the that's the trail I lost my oh after my the God. vortex guys no, were on the boat, gone. and <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I emailed Paul or uh, Kendall. No. Yeah, Paul Neese from Vortex, because he was the one, he he came out on the boat and gave it to us as a tip, you know, he's like, order whatever you want off the website, and I was like, sweet, brand new spotter. Uh, that was the first time I took it on, and was being lazy, still had it attached to my tripod, we were only moving like a couple hundred yards, hit a branch, knocked it off, didn't notice it for like a hundred yards, uh, but it was working up that trail, and it's kind of on like the knife edge ridge mm-hmm. of that uh, ridge line. But if you find it, it's still under warranty. Cash the ticket. It's like a three thousand dollars spot. No, it's gone by now. Yeah. Someone, someone else has found it. But no, it's cool back up there. Like if you get up, we camped up by the uh, river up there, towards the mouth, kind of right where the like flats stop, about a quarter mile in, like before the real tree line starts going into like the lowland forest there. Yeah. But those open flats, we camped out there, and it was a great spot to camp, and we did it. I think it was two weeks ago, like a year and two weeks ago now. But the cranes were coming in. It was just like, it's a cool time to be up there. The bugs aren't really out and yeah. stuff. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I'm trying to find spots. I'm trying to find spots that I can like, that are like really fucked up spots to do uh, uh, rafting. Because, <laughs> I, 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 you know, there's nowhere, there's nowhere here. There's no, there's no rivers here. There's like the anchor, which is lame. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can tube that. And there's the Waz, which is across the bay, which is 
not too horrible, but still across the bay. Yeah. Not like logistics attached. Yeah. There. But I'm like, I don't, you know, how many people have actually rafted the Fox River? It would be cool. It's it'd be cool. Totally doable. It's a good, like, it's a sizable river and yeah. it goes, you it goes know, forever. It's, it's a pretty slow roller, at least in the spring. You know, it's not directly fed by, you know, a glacial system yeah. you know so it, it's relying all on snow melt for the most part but i mean it's it's a you could raft it easy it's just not going to be anything above like at its worst maybe a class two yeah i mean also like the sheep creek too that feeds off the glacier that might be something worth mm. but i'm i don't know that's on the dixon side right yeah i think so. like kind of over there by bradley lake yeah. there's that and then also there's another spot the, the power station over there you know what I'm mm. yeah the, the bradley river, lake the, the river yeah, the bradley lake powers the the hydro station there yeah there's a road that goes all the way up to the top of that and you can actually bike raft that where you take your bike and bike up it and, and then, then disassemble your bike throw on top of your pack raft and that'd be down. sweet that'd like, be the way to do it that's a nice little trip yeah, that's the area I always put in for goats because really? it's got access. It's got just, a road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to, you know, take it from, you know, zero to 4,000 foot and cover 16 miles to get in there. You don't have the nuts. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the freaking time off work. Well, now I got more, so that's going to be sweet. But, but no, that's definitely the, I always <laughs> put it for that because you still have to get to the, you know, the power plant, which is a fucking trek in itself. Yeah. But. But once you get there, then at least you cut out a couple miles. Yeah, it's crazy how far that tide goes out, though, like, in that whole section. Because, I mean, the head of the bay encompasses Fox River, the power plant. And then, like, I didn't realize how, how expansive the mudflats are there. Like, when it's at, like, a low, low tide, that was the craziest thing. Because we see the whole thing up unobstructed from my dad's house. And, like, yeah. it's, like, almost two miles yeah. of mudflat. Like, the, um, the volume of water, because it's such a gradual flat, like, it is, like, it's kind of scary. You couldn't outrun the tide if you wanted there. Like, no, no. like not even, you can barely do it on a freaking vehicle. <laughs> like yeah. when it starts coming in, it's insane. Yeah. And no, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, fuck, I really hope that the tides line up right when I leave. So that, to do that trip. So the trip you're referring to is so kayaking. It's the Catch My Bay water trail. If anyone listening wants to Google it, but it's, um, it's just, it, all it does is it circumnavigates the bay following the coastline through Homer goes around the head of the bay and then goes back up to Saldovia. Yeah. I'm I'm doing the lazy version where I don't go through any of the bays. I, as the park ranger says, I'm not doing any of the pretty parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm that, just doing the hard fair. part. <laughs> so I, it's like 63 miles or something like that, what I'm doing. And the, I mean, I give or take whatever it takes for me yeah. to actually do it. Because, like, the, if you were to incorporate the bay systems, you'd have to, like, you do, miles. you know, what would be the... What is that? The western western sl- side of it, which is yep. the all the cliff side. You'd get up to the head of the bay, loop around, and then you'd have to go like all the way into Bear Cove, yep. out into yep. Peters or Halibut Cove, Peterson Bay, yep. all of those. Zoltaka, all of it. Yeah. Be, oh, so the yeah. true one goes past Seldovia into Tucka. Like, your like hand is is touching the left. Is basically touching the water the, the waterfront yeah. right there. You can't. You, That's got to be it's over a hundred. It's one hundred and thirty nine miles. I was just gonna say because those yeah. bays, especially Tucka and Sadie. So it's fucking nuts. long. Like, you know, we took the boat over there up into Tucka. That's where we got Sean's bear. And that's a fuck, like, it's it's almost the length of Catchmack Bay. It's just not nearly as wide, but that doesn't help you at all if you're kayaking the freaking perimeter. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. as long. It's like the hardest possible route to Soldovia, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you took all the detours, yeah. that's it. That's great. 
Because what do you think? What do you think you can pull off in a day without like burning yourself out? I think I think well, like like if in a one day span. Yeah. Like, well, like if you're say you've got a five day trip, okay. like say you've got a trip. What's your like goal distance per day for this trip? Twelve miles. Twelve miles. Honestly, but like like if I if I had to, if I'm really like if I'm trying to run from something. I like comfortably maybe 16 to 18 miles, yeah. but no more than 20. I could probably do like 20 to 30 miles if I was like, on the, on the kayak I have, yeah. is not the fastest kayak. I could probably do 25 to 30 miles if it was like, this is my marathon run. Today. Yeah, you're I'm, just this, burning it this out. This is you what I'm doing. I'm going recovery from days. six in the morning till 10 at night. I'd probably be like, my shoulders would probably be fucking thrashed by the end of that. Yeah. Um, And that's me doing everything right. Yeah. I mean, like I, I could fuck up a stroke or something like that. I mean, it's crazy the amount of the amount of core work involved in kayaking is insane. That because like I'm brand fucking new to it. Compared yeah. to people, I'm brand new at it. I'm not very good. And the thing that surprised me that now that I'm doing more of it for longer distances is how much core involvement there is after like the first hour. Yeah, you're just fucking like it just destroys you. It's like a V sit. Yeah, well, I was gonna say it's like doing it's, oblique work, yeah. just all rotational yeah. and just repetitive. And- yeah, my I mean my my core is thrashed from from the last like few trips I've been doing and I I there was really day trips. Yeah. I I'm 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 kind of nervous. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm hoping the the fear of dying kind of kicks in a little bit um mm. there towards the end. <laughs> yeah. But, no, that's so 12's kind of that like sweet spot. What yeah. are you like what's your gear looking like for that? So it's you're doing 100% unsupported just you your so, gear so and your just, kayak. It's just right? going to be me off. So I'm going to solo the first 3 hopefully. I might have to solo all five, depending if, if Chelsea packs out, um, which is definitely a possibility. But so what I, it's gonna be me kayak, obviously paddle, obviously. I'm I'm running a um, a dagger, uh, which is kind of like a rock garden kayak. So it's made for like it's made for like Kodiak basically, like oh, okay, like really shitty water. Like it's really stable. It's fucking great, really stable. I got mm-hmm. I got my shit rocked yesterday or two days ago, and that was just fine. Whereas mm-hmm. if I was in a thinner kayak, I might have been screwed. Um, gotcha. So just it's wider, thicker, yeah, wider beam, and yeah. then thicker walls on it, or is about I think the same. I think, I think it's the same, same walls. I think just, just wider, just wider, wider base, which just makes it feel you know, a little bit more ab, ab involvement, a lot slower. Mm. Um, but it's still, it's still a sea kayak. It still has the sketch, sketch, sked, sketch. I, I always fuck that up anyway. <laughs> uh, the rudder, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's basically a sea kayak, just a little bit slower. But the um, I got that in the paddle. I have. I'm running a. Um, I'm running an immersion research. Uh, uh oh my god dry suit um which is really nice i'm really happy about that because I, I was worried that was gonna be too freaking hot but it's actually breathes really well nice and that was that the one you were in when i saw you the other day at work yeah 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 that black one which no. is probably the worst color i could have ever gotten for a dry suit because <laughs> it I just turns yeah. white <laughs> oh no well no because i fucking get lost <laughs> oh yeah that's, that, that's true I, just don't, don't ne- fall you're, overboard you're never gonna find my body <laughs> no. uh, i was like I, I don't know why i grabbed the black one he's like i got a black and i got a red one and i just took the first one that was in my hands because i was tired <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't care oh uh, so shit yeah, anyway <laughs> but uh yeah i got that and then i got fucking my uh nrs uh fucking oh my god pfd which has got the pockets in it which is fucking great because otherwise i can't eat snacks that's the shit <laughs> thing about my kayak is that there, there's there's no reachable uh, there's no reachable por- portal what do they call that yeah like, portal yeah sure or not um there's no reachable like storage yeah so like i, I either take my, my 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 spray skirt off and reach in which is kind of sketching shitty water or I can just reach in my, my little my little food pocket and, <laughs> and get after it. That's nice. And that's what it's going to be. So what type of PFD is it? I'm assuming it's not your standard so, foam, like type no, it's, 1. it's a type 5. 
Um, it's a research. It's not the research. It's the rescue kind. So it actually, it's actually made for Swiftwater. I bought it for Swiftwater. Oh, it's nice. kind of annoying because it's got an extra strap or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, when you only got so much yeah. funds, you multi-purpose. It, it's that strap. It's that strap you're supposed to like hook up to the rope, and you can like quick release it. And every time I put it on, I'm like, never gonna use this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like so long, it's just gonna drag in the water behind me. So I gotta do something with it. Um, but yeah, it's a cool. I mean, it's cool. It's a so self-inflating, or do you have a draw tab to inflate the canister? Because is it like a... No, it's not. It's um, is it type 5? I might be looking it upside down. It might be type 4. VI. Roman numerals. Yeah, are yeah, yeah, screw me. Yeah, that's I 4. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, <laughs> not, none of us do. We've yeah, been bullshitting I'm, for uh, I'm, 53 I'm episodes. I'm making this shit up as I go actively. I'm, as but, I said, so it's, it's inherently buoyant. It's already it's inherently not, buoyant. Okay. Yeah, no special bullshit I got to do. It's it's already there, ready to nice. go. Hold my weight thank god that was that was a test <laughs> so i was like i was like i'm a 200 pound guy i wonder if this is actually gonna hold me up and it does think fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> right one of those you're like it says it's rated for that yeah but, mm, is it actually I'm, I'm, I'm pretty heavy <laughs> well that's like the worst thing about sleeping bags they just make those numbers up oh, they're yeah. like comfort rated to 10 degrees it gets to like 35 you're like this is fucking cold yeah, they're, putting, <laughs> they're putting one rugged motherfucker in those sleeping bags every yeah. time they test it <laughs> yeah like what they don't tell you is like whatever they're like you know, they'll have the rating on there. That's always like the survival rating. It's like, oh, 32 degree bag, survival, comfort rated like 50. And their survival is like, you know, base layers, beanie, gloves, in the fetal position, in the center of the bag. With, with a naked man sleeping next to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, that's a little misleading, but... <laughs> But no, that's good. That you're, good that your PFD works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got all that shit just so I don't die. That was a good start. And then um, I just do. I honestly don't even know what the fuck I'm gonna, how I'm gonna pack it because the way the way the, the, the kayak set out, I'm not sure I can fit a bigger bag in it. So I think I'm just gonna end up fucking. I <laughs> shout out Alaska Pack Co. I might you might use <laughs> use them again because I, I need something special to fucking that's water waterproof and then I was gonna fit in that fucking portal because I cannot get off these, these beaches without getting wet. I just can't. I can't. Yeah. It's impossible at this point. Do you plan on, like, with your pack, you plan on storing it inside your kayak or, like, strapping it there gonna, on the bow? So that's the thing. If I get some water watertight, I'll, I'll stop, probably strap it on the bow and then keep all my other shit in the in the front and back. And so that means like, for the five days, I don't have to fucking, um, well, first of all, I don't have to put it all in the bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but also for the five days, I don't need someone to, to resupply me. I'm just going to throw it all in there i don't know how many liters but i got a fucking a lot of liters of space in there yeah way more than my 80 liter bag so no. i got i got room i don't think i'm gonna need it and that's nice especially like if you're keeping it bare bones like you know because you're looking at what a six day trip five six five, five days four nights five days four nights you know water and food's your biggest thing yeah. and then form of cooking it and do you plan on packing all your water or do you I'm plan on have to yeah because there's no rivers there's no there's no inlet that's probably gonna be the heaviest part of the whole freaking thing honestly yeah because unless you stop at like fox river and filter water and then and that's if I, and that's if you don't consider it brackish when you get to the head of it you have to go up a little bit yeah it's, uh, yeah i'm not i'm not sure what i'm gonna have to do what i'm gonna do for water there because like i mean i have plenty of water storage but shit i got five fucking days yeah, I gotta pack all that water out because like, you need at least you know with you're doing twelve miles at least probably minimum a liter a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which I mean, five days, five liters is not the end of the world. It just yeah. you're probably going to consume more than that, especially if you're eating dehydrated because then you're cooking into you know you're yep. using your water to cook and stuff. So I mean, the good news is I think um so what I'll probably end up doing is I'll probably end up stopping at the Pearson Bay Research Station on the way over there, and I think they have fresh water. <laughs> Oh, I'm not gonna cool. bank on that, but I'm pretty sure they have they have fresh water. So worst case scenario, at least I have some out. Yeah, that's that's the problem with camping in Alaska. I'm so used to having an out. Like I, I always just pack some some 
something that make water if I need to make yeah, water. Exactly. And this is the, one of the times where like I have to go back to when I used to live in Arizona and I can't make water. Yeah, you don't um, have a desalination kit yeah, on the kayak. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I want to do that shit where you have to like you have to like evaporate it, and fucking <laughs> evaporate it into a cup, and you get like maybe a, like a half a cup of water an hour. <laughs> I was just actually uh, earlier today, Jordan. I was watching this video as we were doing yard stuff, and Jordan was like, "What are you watching?" And it was like the. Uh, it was a little video on the dude who it was like back in 2011 or something like that. Dude was trying to do a transatlantic crossing, mm. sunk a sailboat, and then survived in a survival raft for 76 days. Yeah, and uh, it was a cool little. It was like a it was a desalination uh, um, like kit deal. It was like a big, probably two foot by one foot, like inflatable little deal, two chambered, and it. Uh, evaporates all the you use sunlight to evaporate the water, then it catches yeah. on the top and like drains into this little thing. And I was like, that's nifty, looks super inconvenient. It took like three days for him to like calibrate it and get it to oh, actually yeah, like difficult. work. <laughs> I was like, that looks like a nightmare. Oh, absolutely. I tried doing it when I, was, when I was in Boy Scouts, and it's just like it has to be perfect, everything has to be perfect, and you don't even get that much water out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, shout out Jake's an Eagle Scout. He worked his yep. whole childhood to get that, so I feel like I uh, shout, owe him a... Shout out Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's one of those accolades you don't really get a flash, but uh, so I feel the need to flash that for Jake. Do you, know how to, do you truly know how to ma- navigate by mapping compass? Here's a question. Like, like, like can you actually do it? No, it like, what type of distance? <laughs> I can draw an azimuth and a fucking backlight, but that's about it. Oh, really? Are you fucking serious? I mean, I, I'm learning. I, I, I learned this. I learned this like two days ago because I was talking to Chelsea about it. I was like, I was like, I thought that was something that everybody fucking knew how to do. Like, like I mean, I'm not, I'm not the best at it, but I could get myself from here to Seward, guaranteed by map and compass. Yeah, if I just following, just following a true north and drawing, drawing it, and at that point, just basically picking a spot on the map and then making waypoints. Like, I, yeah. I could do. It I, I, I could get. I could do that not confidently, but I've never taken like an applicable course for it or ever had anywhere in my life where I was trained to do it, but you just should, through, no, I, I, yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I strongly agree. Uh, but just passively picking up it through other people, I could, I could make it somewhere confidently, not so much, but I could fucking, I could, I could get pretty relatively close with my capabilities, but I need to take, I want to take a full, um, I forget what the, uh, name of the course is, but it's for uh, basically the equivalents like backcountry EMT yep. and then uh, ground and uh, um, like ground navigation, basic ground navigation. Yep. Just because, like I said, I if I got lost and I had map and compass, I would be confident enough to make my points and get from point to point, mm-hmm. but my uh, margin of error confidence <laughs> would be, uh, I'd be, I'd be trusting my gut. You know, I'd be oh like, Lord. I'm pretty sure I did this correct type of thing. You know what I want to do really bad? I want to fucking, I want to do the Homer, uh, it's not the Homer, it's the Alaska Classical Classic. Oh, the Alaska Classic. Have you heard of it? I think I heard about oh. it this winter. It's a winter event, correct? Yeah, it's like, or- it's like 100 miles. You could, they pick up, they pick a start, they pick an end. You go to the start, you basically plot your own route. And you go through like usually like a range or some shit like that, and you plot your own route through map and compass, and you find your fucking way across. And it's like it's usually like a hundred miles deep. Usually, it's not not some short little trip. Yeah, and I want to do it so fucking bad. And they do it like only once every three years. So I'm like, it's like kind of like the Olympics, where like I might only have a couple shots. To do dude, it. dude, I <laughs> I would do that with you. That'd be fucking. That would be a freaking blast. No, or a nightmare. One of the yeah. two. You could just die. <laughs> yeah, because like I, I'm very strong in the way of like reading land and understanding the um 
Understra- understanding the like natural topography of the land and how the landscape moves and how drainages flow. And as long as I'm familiar with the area I'm in and have a basic understanding of how the geographical landscape like lays out, I'm solid with rudimentary skills. But if I'm like, if you drop me off a of fucking, like if I, if I was in a plane crash and all I had was like a broad map and a compass, yeah. It would struggle if I didn't have any, like, topographical references. <laughs> oh, you get that? I got Look it. at you. I'm That's sure. a Boy Scout right there. All he needs is a lighter for a beer. Were you there when uh, that one guy fucking broke the lighter? In- <laughs> Were you there at that, that party in high school? I think so. Can't remember. Yeah, someone, someone, someone. We're drawing someone, back someone, like five concussions ago. That's true. <laughs> someone, someone popped the bottom of the lighter when they were opening the bottle and fucking right into the fire. And I was like, oh shit, oh shit. No. <laughs> it's like, I, ever since then, it's been my like worst fucking nightmare. I can't even. Oh. Oh, what are you doing? Are you peeing? Free ball for a second. Texas, though Michael is peeing himself currently. Do they even know you as Texas on this thing? Have you ever been re- revealed as Texas? No. Oh. You, you revealed my alias. No, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I could like, do ASMR with these fucking mics. I can hear myself chewing. That's so fucking <laughs> rough. That's the benefit of uh, high-quality equipment. Like when you were mentioning uh, what I do for audio afterwards. Uh, a lot of nothing. I should uh, <laughs> do better, but uh, I invested in really nice equipment for uh, sound quality. So sometimes when there's chickens in the background, the people just got to deal with it. You should, you should just game with these, too. People will just be like, holy fuck. <laughs> Dude, they're nice, aren't You're they? a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, but referring to that lighter story. I'm sorry, guys. I had to take a quick pee. Uh, no offense, so, Jake. So but uh, Sean, Sean's a little better at uh, picking up on uh, environmental signals and being like, all right, I just got to spitball for a couple seconds. But yeah, it's okay. I, I, don't, I don't spitball. <laughs> You you're not forced to do this every week, so that's, uh, that's fair. No. That's true. Sean's naturally good at this kind of stuff. I have not, I would I would make a really shitty tour guide. <laughs> oh, I believe in you. You got enough useless information in your head. You'd be so useless, son of a bitch. <laughs> I will tie that knot I learned in the sixth grade at Boy Scouts. I swear to God, I will show you how to work a na- map and compass. <laughs> No, but uh made me think of, I was having a bonfire one time, uh, and <laughs> I forget who all was there, but Levi was there, and we were throwing some gas on the fire, and it did the whole thing where it traveled, like, back up the oh. spout, and he just, like, vivid image in my head of him just spinning in, like, three circles <laughs> and throwing the can as he's just spewing, a, <laughs> like, a ring of fire, and then hugs the can, and the whole time we're like... Put your hand on top. Put your just stop it. And he just chucks the can. So there's just like a lip bomb in the driveway. And like run over there and smother the flame out, which is still sketchy because you're like, I really hope this doesn't blow up in my face. But, but no. I, I was I was with this, I was setting a fire uh, with this one guy, and he actually when he was lighting the fire with ga- the gas, he took a, he has he has a specific uh, it's like a dog food bowl he uses to put gas in there and throws it in the fire so he doesn't do that. <laughs> I'm that's like, that's a man smart. who learned from experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a man who has a traumatic story to go with that piece of equipment. <laughs> Old Tommy One Brow. <laughs> that's funny. So on that trip, do you plan on, like, when you're done with your day, just mooring up wherever you're at and finding a campsite above high tide? Or what's so, that look like? So I have, what's nice about it is that a lot of the campsites, so the water trail was built 
I'm going to really sh- fuck this up, so I'm sorry. I'm kind of getting a little drunk here, so I'm just going to start making shit up. <laughs> so water, water Trail was started by a federal grant in like 2016 or some shit like that. I was there when it opened, so it wasn't, it wasn't anything later than that. But basically, the federal, basically, they got the grant to build up all this infrastructure around the bay, and they just called it a water trail um, where you could just kayak it. And so there's campsites by the, by the parks that actually, campsites, they're just fucking beaches with some platforms. Uh, I'll buy the parks that I'll, like go around the bay. So there's no really like, hiking trails around it. The only only destination for it is really kayakers and people who want to just go to a location and camp somewhere on an island. And so there, there's a few spots where like the, the only the longest distance I'm going to go without having the possibility of a campsite, like an established campsite, is 12 miles. And that's the first fucking day. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's on this side. So is that what boosted all the infrastructure for like all the yurts and stuff that are kind of staged? Like Kayak Beach and stuff like that? I believe so. I believe they're so like Kayak Beach and um uh by Grace Ridge and the yurt up there. Because like in Tutka and Sadie, there's yurts at like the entrance of the cove, yep. halfway down. Yep. You know, and established with this campground towards yep. the end of it. I'm assuming. I don't know how. I much, don't know, I don't know how much got, funding they got from it, but I know. I know that it boosted. It boosted that infrastructure itself, and that's when they were. They, they finally established it as the Water Trail, which is now also a part of like the Catch My Base Friends of the State Parks. It's like a. It's like a subset of the Catch My Base State Parks, which is cool. So yeah, I, I really have no issues. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna. I have a GPS. I stole. Um, from somebody. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I got a GPS. I'm gonna set a. I'm gonna set a short, and I'm gonna set a long, and I'm gonna set my actual my actual destination. So every I'm, I'm shooting for like 12 to 15 miles a day. If I get fucked up in weather, I've, I'll have a short distance I can go, except for the first day. And then I'll and then if I get a good day and I want to keep going, I'll go. I'll have a long so I can go. So I'll have a couple, like three options every day. Nice. That's, that's some of them smart. are gonna be established. Some of them are not gonna be established, but they'll be beaches. And then um, at least I'll be have some flexibility in what I do. That's really the goal. I mean, I'm going to go as far as I can go. I can go six miles in two hours. Nice. And I'm tired after that. Like I'm, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, pushing. I'm very tuckered out after that. Tuckered out. I have to take lunch after that. <laughs> I need a Snickers bar. Yeah, I need, a, I need a snack and, a, and, a, and somewhere to stand for a second. So I can do. I can. I know I can do that. And so the, the question is, the second six miles, like how how difficult is that going to be? How, what are the, what's the swells going to be like? What's the fucking traffic going to be like? Because depending on where I'm going, boat like, traffic can be a nightmare. Terrified of Hal- Halbert Cove, honestly. That's my that, honest. <laughs> I'm crossing the entire fucking bay at one point. I'm more scared about crossing Halbert Cove, yeah, because of the boat traffic going in and out of Halibut Cove, as well as the deep water channel and the fucking tides going in and out. Like it's it needs that needs to be timed right. Yeah. I might just wake up at six in the fucking morning and do it, yeah, just so I can get it done with. Get it um, before water taxis, yeah. personal use, all that. Exactly, because people do not care; they just truly do not give a shit. I almost got my shit rocked two days ago when I actually when I saw you last. I was yeah. coming back, and I had a maybe less than I was less than a kilometer. I'm saying kilometer because that's what my watch works at right now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't figured out that side. I haven't figured out to change it over to miles. So it's, it was one, I was I was less than a kilometer out from the shore, and fucking t- it was right. It was right in the, on the homer side where the boat. The harbor, like you know, releases, yeah. and where you come in from, like Goal Island. Yeah. I'm just trying to get you, yeah, like, your yeah. Idea so I, I was coming straight, straight from the south. So you're probably mile off or half mile, like out towards Catchmac yeah. Bay from like where the I was, ferry dock is. I was right in the crossing where the boats will either go to Seldovia or they'll go to Peterson Bay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So I was right, I was now. right there, and so one boat was coming back, one boat was leaving. 
Both of them, both of them didn't hit me. Thanks, thanks, I guess. But they <laughs> fucking waked the shit out of me in two separate directions, perfectly perpendicular. So I had these perfect uh. checkered pattern wakes that hit me, and it was like it was like it's like four foot swells. It was disgusting how how deep the swells were, and I thought I was fucked. Like I was like I'm done. Like this, <laughs> I'm going over. There's no freaking way I'm gonna make this shit. And by some miracle, I just like muppeted my way through, just like, fucking hands in the air, <laughs> <laughs> just rode that bull. And by some miracle, like I just kept that boat upright, and I didn't I didn't end up end up dumping it. I was I was fucking pissed, but I was like, yeah, there's no, they don't care, nobody gives a shit. Oh yeah, especially when you've got 600 horse strapped to the back of a 30 foot boat. When yeah. you pin it, you're you're burying those outboards and you're pushing out a deep wake. Yeah. Like, and especially like one wake's manageable because at least you can turn into yeah. it, quarter into I it. I can do that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Adds a little excitement when you're just caught in a crossfire of two wakes. Exactly. It's it's the same as a tide rip. You've got you know yeah. two different directions you're in the confluence of it and it's just gonna be bullshit for a little bit but luckily you know wakes will eventually dissipate you know tide rip you have to you know unfortunately work your way through but still yeah that's and water's not warm you're in a dry suit but uh guess what you're still fucked. <laughs> I got like, I got like an hour in that dry suit. Honestly, like if I'm stuck out there, I got maybe like an hour, hour, two hours before I'm, I'm seized completely. Yeah, like no, that's me being generous. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. Yep. But no, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Like especially if you you know get a wind before, like the day before, and just mm-hmm. do a long route, end up real close to like the mouth, and then like you said, just make an early morning of it and just get across. Yeah, because you can always freaking you know pull it and take a midday freaking crash nap real quick and yeah that, that, i mean it's nice things that's all i have to do I, I have no other plans other than doing this trip like yeah. if i have a really good first day if i have a really fucking good first day and i end up making making instead of doing my 12 miles i end up doing like 20 or something like that because i'm just like feeling really good which is gonna be a mistake but be cool <laughs> yeah um, and make, make this thing into a four-day trip i'll go into halibut cove and go hike for a bit That'd that's my cool. only other plan yeah <laughs> if, if that and if that's, that's if that works out like I'm gonna be looking at tides and be looking at weather. I'm I'm, I'm soloing it. I'm fucking paranoid. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like I'm. I, well, I'm, it's it's. Oh, I thought that was coming uh, in. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was. Me too. I thought we were about to get hit by a fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was trippy noise feedback. Uh, but oh shit, I no, it's not a great I, question was, to ask you. That was, really tripped me up. No, well, well, I mean, like I I want to do this solo, and I want to do it solo because I'm a douchebag, and I'm kind of kind of selfish, and I don't want to do this with other people. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's one of those things. I I really like solo trips because it's an opportunity for you to find yourself in some way in some shape or form and you're doing it by yourself like it's a it's a challenge it's what it is for me i'm going mean, to enjoy the challenge but the scary part is people have died doing shit like this like, and it's not even like me exaggerating like even people read like i knew i knew a guy i used to work with whose dad was a very experienced kayaker passed away kayaking solo in the same spot i'm going yeah. like and it just, they have no idea what happened they don't know where his body is they don't know what happened like like i there's no way if something bad happens, I lose my radio and I and I can't get a message out. I'm fucked. Like there's, I'm not going to survive it. And so I'm, I'm being, real, I'm real paranoid about what, what, how I spend my time, what the weather's going to be like. Um, I mean, like it's just going to be, it's going to be pretty, like yeah. Sad. Well, you have to any because that's the thing about most things in Alaska. Like everything's completely doable. It's you can get the access, you can figure a way to do it. But at no point during any journey, whether it's just a trip to the Kenai River, you know, hour car ride in an afternoon of fishing, or it's, you know, a circumnavigation of any body of water in Alaska, a 10 day hunting trip, a camping trip, whatever it is, there's a level of, you know, real danger to it. Cause it's not, you know, you, you're, you're hiking in 
you know, or you're overlanding in Moab or you're hiking the Appalachian or something like that, like you're at least almost always going to be in cell service. You're going to have, you know, fairly high traffic in the area. Like there's parts up here. Like if you capsize over between Bradley Lake and Bear Cove and somehow, you know, your PFD fails or, you know, even if you're solid in the PFD, but you can't get up, you know, a call out for, you know, a mayday or anything like that. Yeah. There's not all that much boat traffic. Like there, you've got, you know, decent odds of somebody coming by, but it might be, 12 hours 16 hours and you you can you can seriously harm yourself and or die in a situation like that and it's right here it's our backyard you know it's it seems you know harmless but when water temperatures are 38 degrees you get a storm that rolls in you swamp your car whatever it is like and like you you know brought up that you enjoy the solo aspect of it like you are you know you're pushing yourself you're finding kind of you're doing things you haven't done, pushed a boundary, and like you said, finding yourself in some, you know, some means or some capacity, whether it's mentally, physically, or just to accomplish something you haven't done. You know, you have to kind of put yourself in those situations because without that, like, if you know you have a safety line, like, it's there's the never same. exactly it's if, not the same. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a tour into danger you're getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not actually. You know, you're not, I don't know, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't really feel like you're actually living. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, the people who did the first, you know, polar explorations or first transatlantic crossings and stuff, you know, there was, there's no safety. You just have to do it. You have to, you know, trust your skills, trust your capabilities, trust your knowledge and trust your equipment and go for it. Like that's all you can do and hope for the best and plan for the worst type of thing. And I'm not advocating for like aimless danger. Like I mean, I'm doing. I'm gonna do fucking everything. It, it was gonna take aside from aside from spending more time kayaking and getting more experience, which I probably should do. But <laughs> back burner. Like, that's back burner. That's that's if I survive this one. Um, I'm it's gonna be doing everything. Like it's gonna be. I'm gonna be fucking extremely cautious. I'd be a very boring person to kayak with. <laughs> you know, but that's how you have to do it. You know, yeah. you, you do it by the book. It should work out. It's when you go. I don't need to check the tide in the wind direction this morning. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> J- Jake, uh, Jake has this habit of fiddling and doing I love, stuff. I love fidgeting. I and uh, before we hopped on with you guys, uh, we had to cut a zip tie off his finger because he uh, uh, was using it as a ring and just cinched it too tight, and he just did it again. So, uh, but luckily we've got, uh, a got it handy. Off. I have long piranha I, on deck for I stop my, I stopped myself before I, I sent you down too tight again. Yeah. Jordan's going to come in here and be like, what happened to all my zip ties? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. Like, <laughs> there's a pile of 200 there. I'd be fidgeting with there's them There's a too. pile of just used zip ties in front of me now. <laughs> a bullet. That's all I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. Just use zip ties and a 300 win mag with a crease around the front. <laughs> <laughs> You're starting to get where I'm coming from with the eclectic term. Yeah, like, no, I freaking <laughs> love Fiji. I can't hold still, man. I can't. Oh, goodness. But what are you taking for, like, your, you know, speaking of the safety parameters of, like, a trip like this, what are are you taking, like, a, an inReach or a satellite messenger or something like that? Or <laughs> hey, can I borrow your inReach? <laughs> I was, well, that's kind of where I was going with this. I was like, I might have to offer him my inReach. Yeah, the, if you're willing to lend me it, I'll take it. Yeah. I, so I'm going to have a VHF. A, a shitty Chinese VHF radio. Um, <laughs> I'll give you my. I'll give you my garment. Hey, for this I appreciate trip. it. Uh, 
yeah. I had a feeling that's where this was going. Yeah. I got service all the way up to the head. It's just after that, I'm kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll totally give you my Garmin because I'll show you how to set it up and everything. I'll right. just have to re up my subscription for it. I'll I have pay, it turned I mean, off I'll right now. I'll pay for it. It's, oh. But uh, it's no, it, so they're super handy because you can still do mapping. You can get you know weather with it and stuff, which really? is nice. Yeah, that is no. nice. They're they're super handy, and I've got the mini to where you can just I would just like clip it onto your PFD basically because yeah. it's right there, like the side. It's like two by two. Yeah. The battery will last you the whole trip. You know, water resistant, but uh, like towards the waterproof side. It just has ports that can open. But uh, that's the fucked up part about the VHF radio. I'm like. What happens if I just get it wet? <laughs> yeah, like, what, what, what if actually the bad happens? And it's just like, oh, that was fucking dumb of me. <laughs> yeah, at least with the inReach, you can just hold the SOS button yeah. and a helicopter will show up. <laughs> At some point. Yeah. They'll be like, I see a black log down there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> nah, not no, important. Not a person. Yeah, just have those uh, goofy sunglasses on. They'll find you. <laughs> yeah, you like those? My fucking... My my kitty my kitty Foster's ray blockers. <laughs> <You're> right, <laughs> oh. greatest purchase. That's hilarious. Speaking of that, uh, so Jake, we mentioned it earlier. Your uh, newfound obsession with birds. Um, Not newfound. Dude. I've been birding since 2017. Baby. <laughs> yeah, you've OG, been a- OB, <laughs> <laughs> original birder. <laughs> no, Jake's been chasing birds for a while, and this year he really buckled down, set some goals for himself, and. Uh, Really put some things into motion, and you uh, try to go pro. All right, <laughs> go, going pro in the bird industry. Uh, so, if there's any bird sponsors out there, uh, we'll send out an email at the end and uh, hit your boy up. <laughs> For real, <laughs> old Jake wants some bird stuff. Yeah, that fucking that optics brand was it Swarovski? Swarovski. Swarovski. Yeah, hit me up. Yeah, right. You're like, dude, you got a bird on the logo. But Jake's been spending pretty much, you know, good bit of the. Last part of the winter. Do you do much birding in the winter? I, tell you, I, I actually usually start birding in like January because I get really fucking cabin sick. Burnout. Like, yeah. I, I'm just like, I'm like, I need to go do something. And there's like, uh, there's like 40 locals, like 40 local species that you can find. It takes you like a little bit of time. Yeah. Like I, I'm dog shit compared to most people. That's the funny thing. This is a real, like, this is a real sport. You can just get real crazy autistic with it like <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry but it's true you, i mean like it, it's like there's fucking people out here that are just insanely good at it like just like they're like we're talking like 400 get obsessed species they're, and, they're just, just and they've been home. doing it for fucking years and it's like that's all they do and i mean i mean i can't do that shit but i'll spend, i'll go out at six in the morning i'll fucking go look for them i'm not very good at it but i'll find them yeah i think well, i'm up to 80, 82 species this year yeah, and I was I was just about to mention that because your goal, your kind of what you set out for was a hundred, hundred for the hundred for the year. Yeah, I wanted to see a hundred, which is I got up to forty, and then it started getting hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After that, you you really bank on the migrations and, and the and getting out there. Like I fucking suck at like tree birds. Like I can't I can't hang with them yeah. because of, because the thickets up here are so fucking it's big like dense. It's dense up here, and that's that's what they come up here for. They come up from these dense thickets where they where like the edge predators can't get them. And that's where I also like to look at them from too. <laughs> like I am said predator. Yeah, I, 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 yeah exactly. Like, me and the crows are just hanging out. Like where the fuck are they? Dude? <laughs> like, and they're fast as shit too. So you can't fucking see them. Like like I I kill shorebirds. Most people do because they're right right fucking there. And also I can kayak. Um, and so I'm I'm killing it there. But like other than that, like if you want to start looking at like like swallows and shit like that. We're talking. They live in cliff. They live on cliff sides. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, like I'm a great bird finder. Like I see hella birds. I don't know how many birds, but I see a lot of birds. 
if you told me to differentiate a single one of them, yeah. Not a chance. I got like probably fifteen birds I can name. I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, and it's, I'm starting to get really good at like distances because I'm starting to realize how close I have to be to certain sizes of birds to be able to like tell what what they are. Like if I'm using my camera, I need to be within forty fucking meters with my with my my biggest zoom lens to see something the size of my fist, like to actually identify it, like yeah. it, to take a, a good enough picture of it to be like that's that's definitely that. Uh, 40 fucking meters. Like, no birds. Like, I want to be within 40 meters of this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, they can go wherever they want. And then um, with my spotting scope, I mean, I can I can identify, like, a mallard from a mile away. But anything smaller than that, first of all, it moves too fast. So I can't use a spotting scope. So they, yeah. I need to be just lucky and have, like, and have like a photographic fucking memory. Because yeah. when they land, out, they land, I got, like, one second. And then pray to God they're not yellow. Because if they're fucking yellow, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's, about, there's about 30 different kinds of species in and of itself that are just fucking yellow. <laughs> And it's like, well, the first the first thing when you look at the guidebook for warblers, which are pr- predominantly yellow, um, is are you sure it's a warbler? <laughs> <laughs> like you, you son of a bitch! I don't know. <laughs> that's what I came to you for. <laughs> that's hilarious because that's the t- by far got to be the toughest thing because you got to get in close. One, you have to find the birds yeah. themselves. Two, you have to get close enough to ID them. Three, they have to hold still long enough for you to ID them. And then you got to be confident. Yeah, exactly. You can't be like, that'd be my problem. Be like, well, that's totally a one in a million bird yeah. for sure. Definitely a common chickadee. <laughs> like, yeah, right, you know, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I, I can't go out on a limb and be like, yeah, I saw the snowy owl that nobody's seen in eight years. I know. I'm like, and then the, the worst part too is like, you fucking go out for so long. You start getting confident with certain, with some things and you go somewhere else and you're like, this is totally it. They're like, no, that's not what's up here. It's actually this. Like I was down in fucking when I was up down in Cordova, which is a good segue for that. When I was down in Cordova for the, the Shorebird Fest, met up some really cool people, like really nice guys, older guys too. A lot of birders kind of suck, but um, <laughs> this guy was super nice to me. I was in a stall. He was like, because I'd be out there before everybody else in the morning. Uh, Alianic, if anyone's from Cordova or been there, I'd be out there before anybody else, like six a.m. looking at birds and be like, well, "What'd you see?" And I'd be like, "Oh, I saw a boreal chickadee, which is fucking extremely common in Alaska. Like nobody would ever question that." <laughs> Yeah. Like, but he was like, no, we don't have those here. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, we have, um, oh fuck, I can't even remember what they're called anymore because they're not here. Um, but like some other kind of chickadee, it's not, and it's not a great, it's not a black cap chickadee. It's some like special to the Southeast chickadee. And I'm like, all right, I'm pretty sure I saw what I saw. And then sure as shit, I saw like a fucking five minutes later and I was wrong. I was like, son of a bitch, I can't even be right in the things I know. Uh, <laughs> well, and, well, there's such subtle differences. Like yeah. if you told me how many species of seagull there were, I'd be like, one maybe two there's probably one that i don't know of there's like 18 different seagulls yeah and, and they're all together they all, they all hang out together it's fucking stupid yeah the difference between one and the other could be one has orange feet and one has slightly redder than orange feet yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, a lot of the a lot of, I mean, a lot of the IDing i do up here is, is distinctly based on what they're where they're supposed to be i'm like i'm like there's two birds that look exactly the same but this one's supposed to be here this one's supposed to be in florida done like i'm this that's what you are because there's no fucking way there's about 100 of you up here (laughs) (laughs) maybe one but not 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 that many no and it's crazy because i was like i was talking to you about like how the whole system works because like you know there's a whole like online catalog you fill out you know the birds you've seen the dates you've seen them and stuff because you know, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, the birders go out. They go, oh, I saw 93 birds this year. And it's like, okay, you you know, I'll, I'll trust you, but you probably saw like 86. Let's be honest, like whatever. But like you were explaining, and it's, since it's, there is such like kind of a cult following with it. It is. Like there's science. some fucking rules, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, there, there's ethics, there's rules, and there's, there's it's straight citizen science. So that data goes straight back to Cornell. If you go, if you go through eBird, I think there's another option, but I don't know it. If you use eBird, it's, a, it's an app. 
I recommend getting it if you ever decide you want to get into birding and then also find some guys, but whatever. Um, eBird, and that's what we use. Most people use for tracking, and so they track for themselves. But what's cool about it is it allows you to track for yourself, but it also allows you to um, send that data to everybody else. So I know what somebody else saw. Like I could pull up my phone right now. Like what is what are people seeing on the spit right now, or what's the last sighting? Because it's not as common. Like here we have like maybe you know 100 birders. Um, but like I can I can pull up what people are seeing in Arizona right now because people other people's checklists. So it, it take, they take it pretty seriously. Like if you're meet up with another birder and you bullshit. They'll fuck you up. <laughs> it's like a biker club. Because yeah, like. then you not only fucked over the actual system and the research, you also fucked over everybody else yeah. who thought they were going to see this thing. Like, they will get, like, legitimately mad at you. That's why a lot of birders are just dicks. Like, I don't like, there's, I don't like a lot of birders. Well, it wouldn't take much if you said, you know, like, we had the case, what was it, like, three, four years ago, some Eurasian duck yeah. got caught in the jet stream ended up in potter's marsh outside of anchorage and if yeah. you were just an asshole and you saw a mallard you're like oh here's this freaking yeah. one in a million opportunity you get somebody that flies up from utah to come see this and you're like haha jokes on you yeah. i'd be jaded yeah. <laughs> i'd be jaded real quick Especially when some birders will do they'll do something called a big year where they'll, they'll literally spend the entire fucking year looking for these birds and they that, that those sightings will come up on their like their 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 uh, alerts. I'll be like, "Oh, there's an alert for this bird that I need and I've seen 600 fucking birds this year. So I'm down to only like a few more." <laughs> yeah. And so they'll drive, you know, miles upon miles to go see these things or try to find it. Yeah, you you don't fuck around with, with a lot of these guys and, mm. and again, it, it breeds a lot of toxicity. Yeah. But um and I I feel like that's also kind of like a one of those hobbies that kind of just indices solitude. Like, yeah, it's not really a group adventure. Yeah. Like you're, you're probably spending a lot of hours by yourself sitting in the rain, looking through binos, hoping this fucking bird turns around so you can see its nostrils to identify the difference <laughs> between the two. You there, know there's, I mean? there's some people, old people that do groups, but like, I mean, as a young, like I don't, I see couples do it. That's about it. Like as, yeah. as, as a young birder, I'm, I'm like a minority. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> young, <laughs> I'm, yeah, young single birder. Now. <laughs> right. I'd be fucked if I was single. When I was in court, when I was in Cordova, it was so funny. I was always oh, so funny. Cause like I was down there, Chelsea wasn't there and I was, I was down there at the bars hanging out with my buddy and like, just like there's just loads of women that they're there for like, they're biology, biologists, they're fucking cinematographers. They're just really cool people. Um, and they're all like, you, they'll talk to you and they'll be like, so what are you down here for? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a birder. And you just watch the light die in their eyes. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, you will never have to worry about me cheating if I just say these simple words. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it just dries up an entire room immediately. It's fucking hilarious. But, the worst part is they're birders too. Therefore, it is well, but yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, they're like, we're here with a purpose. Even, You're yeah. here because you don't have better hobbies. Even, no. <laughs> even if I was single, even if I was single and some girl walked up to me and was like, I'm a birder, I would even be like, all right, I'm a little, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, That's well. like when somebody goes, oh, what's your hobbies? They're like, I'm big into the slack line. Yeah. Like, ah, gotcha. Cool. <laughs> Peace out, dude. <laughs> you and your Birkenstocks can keep on walking. <laughs> and you go, how good? <laughs> Yeah. Are you like sponsored good or what? <laughs> yeah. You plan on doing a uh, crossing the Grand Canyon or not? Because if not, not interested. <laughs> Don't want to see your backyard backflips. Uh, Don't I see, care. I see you're not wearing a Red Bull shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, you made that trip. What, that was what, like two weeks that ago exactly now? Exactly two weeks ago now, yeah. That's awesome. So that's one of the big things up here. If you're not from Alaska, one of the cool kind of overlooked things is it's one of the birding capitals of the world for a lot of bird like i wouldn't say birding capital but we get, have a lot of unique birds that you can only see up here 
Um, it's, where and, the rest, it's where the rest of the birds go too when, when they're when they're not at your house <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah if you can hear that in the background we still have birds in here uh, a lot of them still um yeah we we thinned the herd a little bit we transplanted five of them but we still have multiple turkeys and multiple more than multiple <laughs> little guys so um but you know it's it's one of those things that we get we're in the middle of a huge you know, migration pattern. We have a shorebird festival here in Homer. You traveled for the Cordova show, show, ugh, shorebird, shorebird festival. festival, which I'm assuming Cordova Southeast is huge for. They have huge fungi festivals, uh, shorebird festivals. Is the one down in Cordova significantly larger than the one here in Homer? Or so the, the festival itself is is way less developed, but it, I would say in regards to the actual like. Numbers, I would say that that Cordova gets more more. Number, more birds for sure. Like well, that it, was kind like of my nuts. That was kind of my guess because I've been to you know I was just in Cordova this last fall doing some hunting stuff. Cordova's a tiny town, like Homer's a small town. Yeah, Cordova is ocean lot. Like it's it's there. You can't drive there. You've got to fly a boat in there, and it's small. Old fishing town, basically. Yep. And so I figured the infrastructure would be less, but our shorebird festival basically means you're going to stand on the sidewalk on the Homer Spit on the road for, and yeah. look at our mudflats, which we get a shit ton of shorebirds, but yeah. I know Cordova, like the road that heads out to the airport, both sides, as far as the eye can see, is muskeg, muskeg yeah. flats that is primo Bird country, yeah. so, you know, I mean, any type of water bird, they're going to be there. And, and it's great because I mean, there's only two. There's only two real like industries in Cordova, and that's fishing, and then that's research. I mean, they have they have that research center there, so they, they have the knowledge, they have the people that, that want to do it, and they care about it. It's just you know you also don't have to deal with the fucking roadway. And <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of it. I mean, like it was dead quiet the entire time, and I didn't have to deal with birders. That's the other thing. I mean, like I said, I'm not a massive fan of birders. <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 there's a lot of cool ones out there, but like I don't go birding with other people really. Like I don't, they don't, nobody, I don't really care. And um, there, it separates because you really, if you want to go to the Cordova Shorebird Festival, you have to try to go there. Yeah, it's not want, like a, want it. oh, we're in Soldano, let's drive down and go check this it's out. Like I've got can. a spotting scope. Like I thought about going to the Homer one. I don't really give a shit about shorebirds or anything but i was like this would be cool other people are into it i'll try it but like cordova you booked a flight flew yeah. there had to either get accommodations or know people and stay with them and then you you know you got to go out in the boonies a little bit even if it's yeah. two miles from town like and it, it turns rain. into real alaska real quick you and know? it could rain the entire fucking time like cordova <laughs> cordova it sucks sometimes yeah southeast alaska averages like 268 days of rain yeah. a year it's, like, that's the reason why the whole place is wet yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> wetlands yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah no it was but it was cool like uh, in regards to the sheer volume of, of what was there i mean it was like it was truly a wonder like you even if you didn't give a shit about birds to go down there the sandpipers when they come up on the on the shoreline because the, the bay is a lot like the like Hartney Bay is way smaller than an R Bay, so like they have they don't have a lot of options, and they don't really care about people because like, they know they're, they're all their predators are up high. They're not going to be fucking on the ground walking around. And so like me hanging out in like a lowland, like I posted some videos about it, hanging out in, in like the lowlands, like in some of these like rivers and stuff like that, being on ground level with some of these birds, just watching like ten thousand fucking fist sized birds fly over top of you all in one just one motion, nuts. Like it's something you will ne- even if you didn't give a shit about birds, you'd be like, "That's fucking crazy." Yeah, it's that like is- seeing the wildebeest migrate. Yeah. It's just one of those like feats of nature where you're like, 
Yeah. Damn, I'll just sit down and appreciate this. I don't know yeah. what the hell's going on, but yeah, that's yeah. cool. And how and how and how how, how delicate it is too, because it's not like goals where it's like, oh my god, this is fucking obnoxious. I mean, these these sandpipers, these shorebirds, are they're relatively quiet. <laughs> they're just sandpipers like, are the they're called peeps for a reason. <laughs> sandpipers are the ones long, long bill, long bill, kind of, you small, know, lengthy legs, yeah. but small body. Yeah, yep. Okay, that's yeah. what I that's what I thought, but I wasn't one hundred percent. Yeah. So mo- most shorebirds, it sucks about shorebirds; they all look the same to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they, they really, they really do all look the same because they're they are all small body, long legs, or shorter legs, but then longer bills that because they're made to they're made to basically pull mollusks and worms out of the, the dirt. Yeah. That's all they do. Um, that's that's really reductive, but anyway, <laughs> that's what they do. Um, and so like. Telling the difference between them is kind of difficult, but like it's it's cool because there's just like they're all different. They're all built different. They're all built to be do different shit. Kind of like um like fucking uh, Darwin's uh, not oh my god Darwin Darwin's oh my evolution theory. Well, yeah, but like the fucking finches Darwin Darwin's finches. Oh, yeah, like they notice all the beaks are different for a fucking reason. Yeah, like one like, cracks nuts, yeah. one picks you know yeah. maggots, one does whatever. Yeah. Except yeah. all all of them just eat shit out of the fucking mud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a different different depths and different ways. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's it's crazy. You watch like these sandpipers walk in the shallows, and they'll they'll hang out. They'll hang out like more like the the dry lands. Whereas you watch like these like dowitchers and shit like that way out in the fucking uh, out in the water, just just fucking deep water in it, pulling these massive worms out. <laughs> and it was cool too out there. I mean, hanging out with people who, who do this for money, like cinematographers and shit like that, and like looking through their cameras and like through their spotting scopes and just seeing just some of the most immaculate shit you've ever seen. Knowing damn well you're only gonna see it for like two days, and then they're gonna go to the Yukon where you're not gonna fucking go. Yeah, I mean, like unless you unless you're someone's paying you to do it, you're not, you aren't, you aren't going out there to look at them nest. You're not spending eight yeah. grand to pull a trip off to do that unless yeah. so. Yeah, you, Jeff Bezos money and nothing better to do. Yeah, so the only time you're seeing these guys is it was when they're in, in transit or if you live in Mexico where yeah. they winter. You know, like that's really that's really the only options. Man. Um, that's crazy. And like you were mentioning, with you know people being down there and stuff, you kind of almost picked up what seemed like a part time job doing some cinematography. Oh down yeah, there. it was just cool. <laughs> oh, man, I I I nerded out so hard. I I, <laughs> I I thought I hope that lady didn't think I was just trying to flirt with her. I, I just wanted to flirt. I just wanted to flirt with her camera. Honestly, that shit was so funny. I was like, I was like, can I please just work with you for today? <laughs> like, yeah, she's operating like thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment. I'm like, oh my god, it's so fucking cool. Sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Um. Yeah, it was like it was like I mean some of these cameras that these guys were operating were just like fucking like we're talking like I think I asked her she did about twenty grand she's borrowing and she was borrowing it from a college she didn't own it and that fucking thing was just nuts like you could pick off selling way farther off than my spotting scope and that shit takes pictures like <laughs> right. it zooms it has aperture like it's nuts I was I was yeah I was having a freaking blast with that bro that's I miss awful. Cordova that was I, I caught it three sunny days in Cordova which is just so rare. Yeah, when you were talking about the trip, when we sat down, had a couple drinks, and we were BSing about it, it sounded like a dream trip, mm-hmm. especially for what you were doing. You know, it, it sounded like a dream tri- trip in general, but especially when you're going with the objective of spotting, finding birds, creating connections in it, it sounds like it couldn't have gone better. It could, Met it, tons it, of people, saw tons of birds. Yeah. Weather amazing, which that alone is worth the entire trip itself. I mean, I made so many contacts. I, I made up, met up with so many people that are doing the cinematography world. I met people in the, in the forestry world. I met people in the research world. It was just a freaking blast. Um, it, it was way better than coming down here and like and like just seeing these like hard balls that are just like are not interested in anything common. Like they're not they're not in it to, to look at birds. They're in it to just increase the number, which. It might seem like that's what I'm doing, but in reality, it's just like, it's just sad when you see it. Yeah. People just don't really give a shit. That's just a byproduct of doing what you enjoy. Yeah. You know, if you find 300 birds this year, hell yeah, but it wasn't because you set out to yeah. find 300 birds. It's because you 
went on these trips, you saw stuff, you experienced things, and yeah. as a byproduct, you hit a landmark that you were shooting. If, if I see one bird that's even somewhat uncommon on a trip, it's a good trip, honestly, for me. And that's and that's been because I'm, I'm still so low on the numbers. It's been every trip I see usually something that is at least uncommon for me. Yeah. Um, and what what's that feeling like for you in the moment? Like when you say you're sitting on the flats, you've been there for like three hours, you're seeing birds, like it's, you know, you're enjoying your time or whatnot, but then you see something that you're like, oh, that might be a new bird. Like what what's like your thought process? What goes through your head when you think you might have a, a new ID? Well, it, and like, it, it feels like you're stalking an animal, honestly. Like it's because you are, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's actually exactly what you're doing. <laughs> because like, you know, like, like, let's say like – Two days ago, I think it was, I saw a puffin for the first time. I never even seen a puffin, which is not oh, very, really? it's not uncommon for here. But like, I saw a puffin, and I, the, what was cool about it is I saw it on the water. I didn't see it at Gull Island, mm. and I saw it fly over top of me. So I had like, I had like a brief moment. Oh, wow, like, he got that much clearance. <laughs> Those are bitches struggle. I know, I know. He flew, flew, flew over top of me, and then, and then landed like I don't know, like I think it was like maybe a hundred meters out, and I only knew it was a puffin just based on like a fucking millisecond of a glimpse I had on it. And so it's just, it's just like you take it, you take it slow. You don't, you don't make assumptions that you see something that you don't see because you will make shit up in your head. Believe me, you will make <laughs> shit up, and you do not want to be that guy who's like, oh, "This is a rare fucking bird," and then everyone else will see a big R next to the bird because that's what they put on the e bird. If you see a rare bird, um, it's like it, it's like you don't want to make assumptions. You take your fucking time with it. And If they fly away, it just sucks. And I think a lot of the adrenaline out of that doesn't come the first time you see a rare bird. It comes the second time when you lose one. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like oh, dude, that fucking sucked, man. I don't want to do this shit. <laughs> right. You know? Because, like, like you, you, I, I'm sure in your head you're like, okay, I'm like I'm 90% sure this is what it is. Yeah. I got to, you know, close 200 yards to get a better look at it to confirm it. And then it's gone out of your world. And it's like, yeah. Uh, not enough to like, you know, catalog it or whatnot, yeah. but oh, dude, yeah, you have, that you have, sucks. You have, you have the, the rule of thumb for at least like the Sibley side when you really read their like beginner book, it's like, and I like it, I use it a lot for like the more common birds, it doesn't work as well with the harder ones, but like, um, you find three things that sets this bird apart from other birds, and so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like, you know, that game where you like, you, it's a guess who, where you like, you flip the, the things down, like, does, does your person have green hair or something like that? Oh, yeah, So yeah, you yeah. really narrow your shit down, which just comes from knowing, knowing, knowing what's in your area, knowing what's in the book and knowing what's possible, which is annoying and kind of crazy when you have to sit there and just look at shit I'm fucking constantly. Anyway, I'll just keep talking. Are you going to pee again? Yeah. yeah oh my God. I, <laughs> I, baby blood, baby blood. But, I, I can still hear you. Keep no, but you're like, but you like. You you have you pick out three things and you try you try to narrow it down as much as possible and so you have to have a, a good enough view to pick out three actually distinct things and it's not like some things like fucking um oh god I'm gonna really struggle because I'm getting like, kind of drunk here um uh like the difference between like a wimbrel and like a and uh oh Jesus Christ the difference between a wimbrel and the thing that looks like a wimbrel I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle with this the difference is basically their underbelly like like their underbelly and like a cinnamon a cinnamon uh, tail feather, like like a couple of tail feathers, and they're just cinnamon color, not red. They're not fucking orange. They're just like barely different than what Wimbrel looks like, and you're you're really struggling. And if the lighting is not right, if your angle is not right, or if you're too far away, you won't be able to tell, and you can't fucking call it. And that shit sucks because both the Wimbrel and I'm gonna figure it out at the end of this podcast. It's they're they're like this close, and they're both not very common. They they go straight to Yukon. They don't they don't hang out very often here. That makes sense. Sounds like freaking paint shopping with Jordan. It's like you turn like that, that lady side of your brain. And you're like, is that olive or is that green? <laughs> yeah, you're like, is that off white or eggshell number three? Because <laughs> like, I don't. It's like white is white is white. So, and yeah, I bet the like, what's the difference? Do you have? 
Do you change, like, your game plan? Like, if you were planning on, like, tomorrow, if we were planning to go out, do, like, a six-hour sit, look for birds, do you make a plan and then just execute whatever you decide on? Or is it, like, weather-dependent? Like, if you're like, all right, if it's sunny tomorrow, going to go out, going to go sit out at tide flats at low tide, do this, that, and the other. But if it's raining, I'm going to... You know, does the weather impact, like, your plan when you go into something like that, or is it just... The wind wind impacts. That's really the only thing that impacts what if I decide to go or not or where I go because the wind will will nest them all down. The big thing with the shorebirds is tide. If you're you're out, if you're trying, if you live on the coast, you're lucky enough to live on the coast and you can um, look at tide. Um, Here's what I saw, by the way. Um, Isn't that cool? Yeah, is that, is that a, that's a wimbrel, and then pick, considered a rare bird. That's, or? It, nah, it's uncommon, but it's not rare. And then pick out the difference between that and this fucking thing. Oh, hold on. Oh, can in, I, in, in 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 perfect in perfect lighting, you can, you could you have, to, you have to go to similar and you can find it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's like so yeah, slightly lighter feather pattern. Yeah, same same pattern, just lighter feather coloration. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then I think in the in the bristle thigh, it's it's got that fucking cinnamon teal, which it doesn't even show in the fucking picture. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking yeah. You can if you notice that the very last two feathers are red. <laughs> oh, that's, I totally that, see. That, yeah. Isn't that fucking stupid? Like, like basically the same thing. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it goes from like a wait like a I don't know, dark brown, whatever fancy term of brown to yeah. almost it almost looks like it's starting to pheasant tail feathers. Exactly. Almost. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like the big the big thing I'm too for, ADD to uh, fuck. I, uh, it really makes me focus. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But like with, with shorebirds it, it really has to do with tide and wind. Uh, tide when you want when you want to look for shorebirds is either depending on where you're going, you can you can really get a lot more better views of them at, at high tide if you have a spot they can nest down on. So like at that like Hardney Bay, they all they all come down to the top of the tide tide range because there's a grassland right there. Whereas in Homer there's nowhere for them to be, so they usually go into the rocks, so they'll go up the bay, um, or up the or across the bay if they have to, to Goal Island or some shit like that. And then come back, and they'll feed off the tide when the tide goes back out. Because once the tide goes back out, all those crustaceans and all those—I gotta remember the name of them—but basically, just water bugs yeah. are still on the surface of that dirt, and they, they haven't—they haven't left yet because the, the dirt hasn't dried, dried out. Really. Yeah. So you're looking for that kind of, yeah. you know, that glossy, almost tide pool zone yeah. where it's like, where, and that's where that's where it hasn't been eaten out yet too. Because if it comes back in, you're not gonna get the same. You're not gonna get the same action yeah. most of the time. You might get a couple, but it's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna be the same feeding frenzy. They're they're waiting for it to come out so they have like this really rich soil to eat um and then when it comes to tree birds again it's like when it comes to seeing you you want to find you want to approach from the sun side because if you if your bird if anything you're looking at is backlit you're fucked you're not gonna be able to see it mm-hmm. so it, it's that you're just looking at a silhouette, at the silhouette. To, yeah. yeah and even if you do get to see what, with some detail on it it's gonna be the colors are gonna be off um so you're coming at it from the sun side if it's cloudy out again you still want to you still want to get from the sun side you believe it or not it still makes a difference and if you see them flying overhead on a cloudy day you're fucked because like, you need to be able to see it the top end of them with the light. Otherwise it's just going to be different. Yeah. I mean, and it's not, that's where, that's where like learning shit, like, like getting real crazy with them, like learning like calls and stuff like that makes a difference, especially with like, um, like, um, American golden plovers and Pacific golden plovers, virtually the same bird. Uh, virtually, I like that ringtone. <laughs> that's my, my track team. Um, but virtually the same, I mean, virtually looking the same bird, uh, but the calls are different. Huh? Easy, easy pick right there. 
Um, especially in molting, they look exactly the same. You're like, God, this is, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> you spend 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 a hundred yards crawling through the dirt to try to see one, and then it's just like, oh, it's still molting, so you can't really call it. <laughs> You're like, great, this Damn one's it. got mange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our chickens are doing that right now. They're freaking a pain in the ass to deal with because they're all molting, so oh. all fed up and whatnot. So <laughs> at night they won't roost. You're trying to chase them around, and they're just all puffed up and pissed off. Like, oh, I'm itchy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, they all have gross assholes because there's no fur on, or feathers on oh them. Shit. Oh, dude. <laughs> Fucking birds. I, I'm slowly, Jordan's like, because I've like, I went down a deep rabbit hole of like chickens and stuff because I was like, if we're going to have chickens, we're going to have cool chickens. <laughs> I was like, I'm not settling for just like yeah. another chore. Some bantam hens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've got like our flock we just increased. Oh, there goes a rabbit. We've had so many rabbits this year. There's so many fucking rabbits everywhere. They're There's rabbits. both domestic and wild out of the world. I don't know what happened this year. <laughs> the eagles just like decided they don't want to eat rabbit anymore or what? I like, mean, I know rabbits go in like cyclical patterns where they like boom and bust. And yeah. I'm sure we're on a boom cycle. Yeah, but no like, shit, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But the amount of wild rabbits, crazy. But also the amount of domestic rabbits. Like you drive around town <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. people are just free range in them which is cool i'm all about free range animals you gotta realize rabbits fuck like nobody else yeah. <laughs> and there is like i almost hit like three the other day in the work in the city truck because i was driving around these three black domestic rabbits trying to shoot across pioneer <laughs> and they don't have like the wild instincts of like you can shift gears they're just like hop, yeah they just, they're just, hop, hanging, they're just hanging out yeah exactly it's like our eagle and coyote population is about to soar through the roof yeah, absolutely <laughs> Yeah, I know it's fucking nuts. I wish I would. There's, there's wild cats everywhere in town. I wish they just eat the fucking rabbits instead of the birds. That was pisses me off. Dude, I'm gonna turn into the shittiest old man. Like, if, you're, if you're listening, you let like your cat free range. You're an asshole, and I hate you. Uh, Dude, I remember when you're living before y'all bought y'all's house. So when y'all were renting, well, that was almost what two and a half years, yeah, ago, two now? years ago now. <laughs> that was like kind of right when you were starting to get into like hardcore bird like yeah. you were shifting gears from like i might like birding to where i'm gonna try to be a birder yeah. uh you had a couple of feral cats living in because y'all had like a cool yard with yeah. some tree growth and whatnot you had your bird feeders up and you had some feral cats that were trying to get into them and you went through that spiel of just like Dude, I think I'm gonna have to start shooting them. And I, I was like, I love, and I love cats. I have cats. I fucking they're they're, they're sick. I freaking I like, almost like cats more than I like dogs. That makes me even fucking weirder. But I I, I just like cats. But if it's between cats and birds, dude, I'm gonna pick the pick the birds. I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the one that's struggling. Yeah. I mean, like like cats are the, the reason why is because cats are so fucking successful predators. They're, they're extremely dude, successful. I had it. Oh, shoot, yeah. she lived. That cat lived to be like 28 years old. Old is like. Dirt like that thing yeah. looked like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Looked like Diane Feinstein. Like <laughs> the cat was in rough shape when it died. But when I was growing up, it, we had this big white oak in our front yard, and the cat would just sit in the tree, like in the first low hanging branch, which is about like yeah. seven eight foot, and it would just sit there until birds flew by, and it would just jump out and like form tackle them out of the sky and eat them. And I thought it was like I was like. No way, but like cats are insane yeah, predators when it comes to birds. Like they are so good at that, and yeah. I don't get it. They body control prowess. Plus, birds are fast. If you told me to catch a bird, you'd be, yeah, you'd be like strange. I'm pretty good at catching chickens in a confined space. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, if you're like go catch this wild bird, not a chance without a shotgun. <laughs> I mean, the hard, the hard part, the hard part you got to think about too. Like if people don't 
I mean, most people just don't give a shit. Every time I bring it up, which kind of pisses me off even more. I wish people would be like, you know, you're right. I'm just not going to listen to you because at least you could give me like some, some validation. <laughs> but people usually just be like, no, fuck off. I like my cat. And I like, it's like, dude, you don't understand. Like, first of all, these cats, these, these birds have been doing this for fucking years. Like they've been doing it long before you've existed. Yeah. Um, they've been doing, they've been doing these routes and they've had predators. They have had predators for fucking ever. And those predators belong to be here. But like you introduce the cat, you introduce cats into these things. And like the birds have places they can be safe. In normal circumstances, like like in in the thickets, in in the in the fucking alders and shit like that, where, where crows can't really get to them, and they can set up their nests, they can set up whatever they got to do, or they can hang out or rest because they just flew six thousand miles. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, cats can get into those places. Yeah. When you they, add it outside, because yeah. they're uh, they're accustomed to uh, maybe some coyotes in Alaska, yeah. large avian predators like yeah. hawks, owls, and eagles, crows, yeah. whatever. You know, you probably could list eight more. But I mean, once you add in like. It's like adding, you know, wolves into Colorado. They've been gone for forever. You add them in. They're going to fuck up a lot of shit because yeah. they're, they're they do. Yeah, exactly. They're bred. Their whole purpose in life, kill stuff. Kill yeah. stuff well. Yeah. You throw in a stealthy ground predator into the flats that can sneak through tall grass and alders. Yeah. Done. Whack, 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 whack. Yeah. And it's like, I, and I don't even, I don't care about, I don't care about the crows. I don't care about the magpies. Like, they, they, and there's a lot of predators out here that they just belong to be here. But when I see people who just like, are like, I want a cat, but I'm going to leave it outside forever. It's like, dude, you just basically are just being a dick to everybody else. And <laughs> you just I introduced have, a non, or an invasive predator. Yeah, to a landscape. really, a really fucking good invasive predator. And like, and then you look at the stats right now and they're saying, they're saying that we have 40, I think it was 30 or 40% less bird population in, in the world. Than we did in 1950. That's, that's not that's not a long time. Like that's that's fucking nuts. And part of that's the part of that's due to pollution. Part of that's due to the fragmentation of, of the forest because we started you know setting up a lot of houses and infrastructure in places they would originally nest. But like, most birds are still on the decline. And like, we're, and I'm not saying that this is like a conspiracy with cats, but they're not fucking helping. No. Well, that's like the first like if I'm drawing back like the best bird memory I have. Speaking of that, can I steal a? Heather? You can definitely have a hat. They're fucking delicious, dude. They look delicious. But the first thing I remember like learning about birds, or the first thing like stuck in my head, I think it happened in like the late 40s. I think it was during. The Dust Bowl, which would have been, what, 1930s, something like that? I think that was pre-World War II. Yep. But uh, there was, like, a game bird that would fly through the Midwest. Um, so it was in, like, that central flyway of the United States. And every year, it like, this town was, like, famous for it. Like, they'd have the, the migration would come right through this town. And there wasn't, like, adequate hunting laws for it or anything. And they literally just got hunted out of existence because yep. they just fly through this, you know, probably five-mile belt every year, and hunters around the nation back in the early 90s or early 1900s would show up here and just decimate them as they mm -hmm. flew through. And they straight up hunted them out of existence because yeah. the birds, you know, it's built, you know, this. nobody knows how a homing pigeon flies across the Atlantic and carries a message. Yeah. But it's you know, hardwired into the brain. They know where they're going, whatnot. These birds know where they're going. This is the most efficient route. They're going to go that way. Yeah. And you just killed them all. Yeah. And, you know, stuff like that, you know, coupled with, you know, introduction of, you know, domesticated pets, you know, pr predominantly cats and dogs, shit ton of cats. Cats are just like rabbits. Yeah. They reproduce crazy. Yeah. And you just introduce so much stuff to it. Yeah. I, it doesn't, you know, 
doesn't surprise me, which is unfortunate because, you know, yeah. I, I don't want them to disappear, but. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's just, the, the, what, what drives me nuts is just the, the apathy. People just don't give a shit. I mean, like, the, the, and it's true. Like, I'm, a, I'm kind of, I'm a birder. I fucking love birds. I love them more than I like cats. I'd probably shoot a cat. And then I currently am running this year now where I have a fucking, like, feral cat. Super nice cat. I fucking love it. That's just running around my property. Fucking shit up. And I'm like. <laughs> And my, my, I'm like I'm at the point where I might just like live trap it and like be like, hey, can you find a home for this thing? I don't know whose home it belongs to right now, but they're not taking care of it. So fuck it. Like, yeah. there's no collar on it. There's nothing. Like, I'm I'm done with it. Um, and it's been on my property for like too long now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have a cat, I'd take it in right now. Honestly, it's fucking sweet. But anyway, this was like people just don't give a shit. They don't understand. They don't understand that just because you don't see it happen doesn't mean it's not happening you know yeah it's just like the cognitive dissonance of and people just think that like, these birds are just like kind of there for their own enjoyment they're not they've been here for a lot way longer than you have they've been doing this shit way longer than you have and they're doing shit that we still don't even fucking understand yeah like you want to you want to worship fucking crystals and shit let's talk about the fact that we don't still don't know how the fuck a bird fit, finds its way from birth to where it needs to go and that and that's why they, they people people also act like that the animals are going to work around us too. They're not. These dudes don't even know. These dudes don't even know where the fuck they're going. They're just like, I know I have to go here. Yeah. <laughs> just some insane fucking drive to cross the Atlantic to yeah. go wherever they need to go. <laughs> We've got the largest brain in the animal kingdom, and you could talk to any twenty-two year old right now and be like, "What's your purpose in life?" And they go, "Eh, yeah. eh." These birds, Already tiny done. brains, but they know what they're supposed to do, and they don't have a lot of freaking extra yeah. data space. That they're, they're like, we are going here, and we're going here this way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're safe to live here because yeah. there's no predators. All of a sudden, some asshole freaking tabby cat comes up and whacks you over the head. Yeah. Like, you're done. And, 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 and it's to the point where almost every one of them counts at this point. Like, every, every breeding pair counts for something. And it might not matter as much. I'm just, I'm on a rant right now. I'm making making these cats sound like the beard deals in there. They're not they're not the biggest problem in the birding birding world, but they need to be fixed. <laughs> um, but like it's not as big of a problem, you know, somewhere else where like they're just traveling through. But like in places where like here, where they're going to nest for their season, and then one survival might mean uh, five more come out of it. Like a fucking cat can kill a bird a day easy. Yeah, and, and talking, then you, you extrapolate you, that out. You're talking about sudden. decimating an entire population inside of an ecosystem, and then I, all of a sudden, yeah, you're you're not. I mean that that just causes the the cat's not going to change. The cat doesn't 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 need to change. It's yeah. the people that need to change. Yeah, and that happens, you know, in all kinds of different facets of life, different industries, different stuff. Like, you know, uh, it's one of the cool things they just uh, uh, reopened clam digging for a short season here locally from the Nil- Nil- really? Chick- yeah from the Ninilchik River Aren't down to poisonous? the Homer Spit. you can still harvest them Uh, jesus christ (laughs) but it's the first time it's been open since 2014 and it's a small limit it's only a four-day season it's one clam tide session basically and you know it's like the impact of you know we've shut down a lot of beaches for motorized travel and stuff and you know we've seen a decimated clam population and a lot of people are like whoa that's bullshit we've always been able to drive on the beach and stuff which yeah sure fine that's always happened but also you got to think about the environmental environmental impact of yeah. tires spilt fluid stuff like that there's probably a reason all those clams are poisoned and it might have to do with the three sunken subarus that are out in the tidal flats you know yeah. shit like that and you know it happens all over the world different you know ec- uh, ecological zones different you know it just all kind there's there's always an impact. There's always something that comes of something. There's no 
there's no net neutral in 99% of the things humans do, you yeah. know? And just like that, you have a cat, house cat, whatever, you don't like it anymore, you kick it out, no big deal. It's out of your life, out of your worries. You don't give a shit about You see birds all the time. There's no worries about birds. Yeah. And you don't think about the downstream effects of it, just like, you know, mining. The pebble mine's been, you know, our entire life, it's been a fight over the pebble mine because it runs into the, you know, the Bristol Bay Basin, which is the largest sockeye salmon run in the world. It's a wonder of nature. And we're like, well, it's just, it's just a copper mine. It'll be fine. We've, we've got safety precautions, but what happens if shit goes bad and you ruin, it'd be like if somebody was like, don't worry, we're not going to fuck up the wildebeest migration. It's going to have zero impact. You're like, yeah. You sure? They've never seen a 7-Eleven before. Yeah, right. Oh, I forgot. It's mosquito season. Yeah, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. I was like, how do I get dirt on my face? <laughs> no. But yeah, no, it's you know, it, I feel like I don't know. It's hard to describe. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some like some psychologist or sociologist got to figure it out. But I, I, it feels like everything's been so politicized in that aspect that like people, people, even kids, like the even high schoolers, think that that they're a less of a person for just giving a shit about the environment or giving shit, like like caring. It's like. I would, I'll hunt duck all day long. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I love birds, but they're not, the ducks aren't having an issue. They're doing fucking great in part with a lot of North American, like, you know, like the Ducks Unlimited and the projects that they've been working on in a wetland restoration. Like we're doing okay. We're not doing great. It's not like back in the 1950s, but we're doing good. Like we're not, we're, we're, we're net zero right now, which is actually pretty good for us. Um, but like, uh, you know, like, and I and I do do other shit too, but like, the, the fact of the matter is, like, I want to not, I want to have the same opportunities for my kids and for other people's kids that I have right now, and people just don't, people just think that whatever they do is not going to affect anything. No, and it's like you gotta, you gotta have some, you gotta have some bigger picture. You have to have point. some self control, and yeah. that's, you know, just like any group of demographic, like you know, the people who listen to this, predominantly outdoorsmen, outdoors women. The, you know, they enjoy hunting, fishing, interacting with the landscape and whatnot. And like, you know, we have what started as an invasive population of uh, ringneck pheasant in Homer. And they've now a sweet hunting population. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a healthy population of pheasant. And I'd love to sit down with a biologist and pick it apart and see what the, you know, ecological impact of just having that population here is. But there's, you know, every person I know from the Midwest, you know, I love, I love hunting pheasant. Pheasant tastes delicious. They're a gorgeous bird. They're fun to, you know, hunt, whatnot. We have open season, zero bag limit. You can kill every single last pheasant if you wanted here. But I really enjoy seeing them. I've never killed uh, <laughs> uh, never killed one outside of hitting them with my vehicle <laughs> here. Because you can't because they're, they're weirdly smart. They don't, they don't go to places you can hunt. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, it's just like that. Like, you have to take some type of incentive. Like, I want to see them around. I want their population to grow as long as they don't, you know, truly start hurting the, you know, natural megafauna and yeah. whatever the word is for smaller critters sure. uh, but you know until like the spruce hen population gets decimated by them i want to see them around yeah. more animals on the landscape creates more diversity it's just cool whatnot but same with you know the, just understanding what you're doing has some type of impact and you need to give a shit like you said it's become politicized now if you say hey maybe we shouldn't drive on the beaches and throw a trash there. It's like, yeah. oh, what are you, some bleeding heart liberal that doesn't know what the, you know, your or head from your asshole? It's God, like, God forbid you say we should close the river. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you shut you, down the river for all yeah. fishing yeah. for a couple I, of I years. Don't, I don't, like, like, even if you were like, I don't want to see any fishing in the bay. 
for like two years so they can so they can re- rehab like I would be fucked if I said that anywhere in public. Like, you, like you want me to fucking starve to death? It's like, well, dude. Like, it's like, what no. happens if you have like a, a thousand fishing boats out there all the time, and we're fishing to the maximum every year? Like, we're we're, we're like cats. We're really fucking good at this. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And, and that's assuming everybody's following the rules. <laughs> yeah, and that's where you come into like, you know, I. It's kind of a controversial topic, but like with the king, like speaking of the rivers, like you know, our king salmon run and Cook Inlet catch Mac Bay has been absolutely decimated and obliterated like yeah. there's been 24 kings that have run up the anchor river it's been shut for years now like yeah. and you know we do everything that we can but there's a trawling fleet that's allowed you know they've caught over a quarter million individual king salmon in the last couple months while their season's been open with no recourse and yeah. stuff like that and we go well there's a lot of money wrapped up in it they do this they do that it's we have to feed the planet it's like Yes, I understand that, but there can be precautions put into place to limit the overall take and waste of certain species that, you know, they have an integral part of this ecosystem. If you just eliminate all king salmon in Alaska, yeah. things are going to change. Like, and, how, and how bad do you need to fucking eat salmon? <laughs> right? Like, I, I, like, I understand, I, I, this is coming from a bird's perspective, I understand, like, the mass fucking agriculture of the Midwest. Even though it's basically decimated, like a lot of the uh, a lot of the prairie land, I understand it because we have to feed the world. Like it sucks, but we have to feed the world. GMOs are great; I fucking love them because you can grow more food per per acre because of it. Yep. It's, a, it's a step forward in the right direction. But like nonetheless, that's feeding the world. Eating salmon's a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> Salmon yeah. row luxury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salmon specifically, it's like it's like you you can get fish oil pills from anything. Like yeah. you, that's and that's the only thing I could justify it for. Like you don't need salmon for shit. Like and there's a reason why we have the best fucking salmon, or at least used to at the very least. We had the best fucking salmon run in the world is because we didn't over fucking fish it. Nope. Like, what happened to fucking China's fishing fleets? They're out of fucking about now because they can't fish anything off their own coast anymore. Yep, they decimated, so now they sit at the international waterline yeah. and just and sit there and take what they can. And then you know we don't help ourselves because like. You know, I I personally have an issue with the trawling fleet, but a lot of people do, and I like to think the science backs it in my side. But it's like you have the trawling fleet. So for those who are under don't understand, they're basically they're the largest the largest commercial fishery in Alaska. Price per pound, like the the sheer volume of fish that they bring in, the largest, mainly in ground fish and pollock some rockfish species, and they're kind of, they chase the trash fish of Alaska. They're not out there to catch halibut, salmon, high dollar, black cod, stuff like that. They're what provides the fish for your fast food fish sandwiches, your artificial crab, stuff like that. But their technique for doing it is you basically have an enormous net you lay out behind your boat, and you weigh them down with massive weights. There's ground trawling, midwater trawling. And you basically just drag that net through and catch as much fish as you can. And there's no way to differentiate the fish when you're fishing for them. So you have what you're targeting and then your bycatch. And like halibut, it's been a hot topic for the last probably 10 years in Alaska. Numbers are starting to go down. You know, quotas are starting to get cut. The charter fleet's been cut a lot. The commercial fleet's been cut a lot. And just in the last three months of the trawler fishery, they've caught in bycatch, which this bycatch waste, most of it is just discarded, killed and discarded. They can't 
they are only allotted so much that they can sell themselves, and everything after that is essentially waste because it's still going to be caught. It's just pitched overboard, basically. And just in halibut bycatch, they've caught more than 20% over what the allotted quota for 3A fisheries, which is our local halibut fishery for charter and personal use consumption, over the, that allotment and just bycatch so far. Yeah. There are individual king numbers, like I mentioned earlier, over a quarter million individual fish, which average king's probably 10 pounds, and that's a small king. Extrapolate that into pound, you know, tonnage, and that's all just being pitched overboard. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they've got huge ties to everything, whatnot. I don't want to, you know, tinfoil hat, go into my own personal thoughts on all this shit but it's a huge deal like did you hear about the uh jack bunnell deal uh, he he was a couple years older than us i think he was like a 2014 or 2012 grad sure but uh he was gonna be uh he's a local fisherman been fishing forever but was gonna be the newest deadliest catch captain and was gonna run one of those boats you know, D- Discovery Channel did a huge press release, whatnot, and he's also a member of one of my Facebook pages I'm a part of, which is Stop Trawler Bycatch. It's just, a, you know, yeah. like everything else, it's a Facebook page with whatever. Um, he posted, you know, a, put a post out criticizing the trawler fleet. Trident, who is the the cannery or the, you know, the corporation that owns majority of the canneries in alaska huge fishing company in alaska huge ties in the trawler industry it was their boat he's the captain of it he was contracted out to run this boat do the deadliest catch thing whatnot they just fired him and the other captain on board because they voiced their opinions on the trawler fleet and it's become you know i was getting some uh information on it yesterday from vince who's been on a couple episodes and stuff but uh apparently like usa today a ton of like national news organizations have reached out want them on tell his story because it's the first time it's gotten like brought into the you know the light thank god like i'm glad i'm glad you i'm glad they screwed themselves up for that because it's just like i mean i'm sure it's not this simple but like i would rather fucking not eat halibut and salmon for two years and, and 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 have it like yeah. I don't even give it like I don't even give a shit like, if I don't if I don't fucking eat it regularly I would I would I would fucking go back to being a fucking vegetarian long before I would like to see the salmon run done yeah like like and 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 ask anybody in this world who wouldn't be willing to do that yeah like like make that sacrifice because eventually eventually it's gonna be that if yeah. we don't if if we don't make some form of sacrifice or some fucking changes because we can't be doing we can't be doing the, the same thing we're doing now but differently. And make a difference. Like, it's just not... And the thing is, like, it needs to start here. Yeah. Because if you think about, like, most of our salmon, it goes overseas. Japan absolutely loves the salmon. It's it's oily, rich fish, great for sushi, all that stuff. It's dispersed all through the United States. Like, it's an export for Alaska. We fish for it. We send it out. We eat it a ton. You know, we're blessed to be able to... Go up to the river, flip, fill our freezer with salmon, go dip net. We've got a ton of opportunity to harvest salmon. But it's also the one of the it's the second largest economic driver in Alaska, commercial fishing. Not necessarily salmon itself, but salmon is by far one of our leading exports and one of our leading commercial and sport fish we have here. Mm-hmm. Alaskans care more about salmon than any other person in the United States. Because to them it's hands food. Down, hands down. Like and yeah. if we don't do something, because if we lose the salmon run, not only do we lose the opportunity to eat it and live off of it and stuff like that, but we also lose the second largest economic driver to the state. 
Yeah. And, and everybody else is going to move out and they're going to go on to the next thing, but we're, we're still going to be fucking stuck here. Exactly. And so if we don't make a change, because people in Florida, they don't give a shit. Salmon goes off the shelves. People in Utah don't give a shit. You know, you're going to have a handful of people who, you know, are in this world or in the outdoor world or in the conservation world that'll speak out on it. But if Alaskans, people who not only live off of it, but also their livelihoods based off of it, if you don't make a stance for it, nobody else will. So if it doesn't start here, it's not going to start anywhere. And if we just continue on the trajectory that we're on, in our lifetime, we'll lose it, you know? You'll you'll, you'll never see it again. It's going to be fucking, it's just, it's it's nuts. And I feel like it's it's hard because it seems like a lot of things are going this way, which makes it hard to advocate for anything because everybody, it just seems like all doom and gloom. And that's where people, I think especially young people just shut down on it. Yeah, because you can't you can't worry about everything. Yeah, you've got you can't, a you can't housing like crisis. You've got a financial crisis. Now you have yeah. a salmon crisis. Yeah, and you're talk, like, talk about talk about anything environmental. I mean, like everything is on the downturn right now. And it's just like it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to get somebody to appreciate it when everything else is also going bad. <laughs> yeah, and it, like, and like you said, it just gets political because you go, you know, the salmon, you know, the salmon runs aren't the same, and they're like, oh, you're just gonna give me a spiel on some global warming bullshit, yeah. blah blah blah, and it's like. It's like, no, I'm trying to talk about a, you know, not that global warming is not a real issue. Um, but like, we're, I'm trying to talk about a very direct, isolated yeah. thing that you can act upon and change. Are there, you know, environmental factors, you know, playing a part? For sure. Yeah. What are, whatever your views on it are, there are environmental factors that are playing a fact on it. There's human interaction that's playing a part in it. There's this, that, and the other pollution, you know, you know, and, industrialization encroachment in their you know like the pebble mine encroachment into their you know their landscape all kinds of stuff that plays into it but it like you said, people are just you know it gets boiled down to a black and white yes or no type of decision and you can't zoom out and look at the 30,000 foot view of it mm-hmm. and be able to break it down to people you know it's hard enough to sit down and have a conversation like this with anybody nowadays and just like Talk about things. Talk about the nuance. Talk about the particulars of, uh, you know, something. Even if you're not, neither of us are, you know, biologists. We're not fisheries experts. Exactly. So we could be be blowing smoke up everybody's ass right now, but I think think the global consensus right now is that the salmon run is not what it used to be. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have to have a PhD in this to realize that there's probably a problem, and hey, we're the whole, you know, like the birds, they're wired to do this. We're problem solvers. Humans are problem solvers. We got big brains. We like to pick things apart, fix them. We're also we're also one of the very few, what is it, uh, ecological engineers in the world. That us and beavers, basically. Yeah, like, beavers we, we, are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're great. Uh, I mean, we're but, assholes too, but, but, but I mean, like, if we were gone, if we if us and beavers were gone. <laughs> There would be not, nothing. Nothing much would change. Just the small, the smallest, the smallest fluctuations. Everything would be fine. So we have a response. Sadly, have a responsibility to do something. We are not a part of the natural world like everything else is. Yeah. Well, okay. and, we 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 only impact. Yeah, and that's like circling back to kind of that uh, Colorado statement I made before. That's a huge lower forty-eight. You know, controversy, political deal. I'm very surface level on it i've got some people you know some really good friends down in colorado that are in the nitty-gritty with it but it's basically you know like reintroducing reintroducing wolves to the landscape which on surface level 100 for fuck yeah, yeah cool um you know the real life impacts of it 
it's just going to fuck up a lot of what Colorado is right now, but kind of the driving impact of it is, you know, humans have encroached to where we're at. Like, we want to rewild the landscape, but we can't remove Denver or yeah. Colorado Springs or yeah. Boulder. You know, we yeah. we have a responsibility. We've done this shit. We have to make creative decisions to improve that. And you can't just, like, be like, all right, we're just going to add this or take this away, and it'll fix everything. It's like, no, it's like if we add, you're just like, ah, it's cool. Leave the house cats out. Wipes out all the seaboard, seabirds or no. does all this, and it's just – I had a point where I was going with that, but I kind of got scatterbrained. So, so we're, we'll we're just like, fuck we're it. like four beers deep now. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're getting into it's, it. It's getting kind of rough. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, dude, take me back like six years. Wouldn't even. I, I, wouldn't you even phase you. Exactly. We're getting to be <laughs> grown ass adults nowadays. And fuck, we're splitting a six pack. <laughs> I know. I know. These hefes are. They're, they're fucking, fucking delicious, solid, aren't they? My, ever since I got sober, my entire like flavor palette for beer has changed entirely. Yeah. I used to hate ambers and now I love them. I still, I'm not an amber dude. I, I know, was, and I was like, I was like, I'll never like an amber. But like the first beer I had when I started, when I went back to not being sober again, which I don't have a problem. <laughs> I want to point that out. It was my choice. Um, and honestly, a really, I think it was a healthy choice. It was a good choice. It was a good choice. You, 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 you hit a rough spot. Yeah. You hit a rough spot. <laughs> Not yeah. with alcohol, my brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> overall, it was a rough spot, but uh, Jake, Jake's an overcover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 taught, it taught me a lot about coping. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I had Amber again, and I was like, "This is actually really fucking good." I had the Red Knot though, and I'm still not a fan of it. Really? Sorry, See, sorry, Homer Brewing. I, I still can't. Don't like your Red Knot. I like a lot of like, I, other shit, but not Red Knot. I enjoy Red Knot. The other day when we were at the bar, and you got an Alaskan Amber. Truly, I love the Alaska brand. Alaska White, <laughs> love it. Their seltzers, solid. They're, they're amber. I know. I fucking hate that. I know, dude. I know, I know. It, it used to be really gross to me, but all of a sudden, I'm like, it's not bad. <laughs> Something about it. I, I enjoy wheat beer, lager. I, I enjoy all... I also got, everything in moderation, but those ambers, man, they're just... I also got that because I don't know what beer's on tap anymore. <laughs> Dude, they got rid of... I used to... Anytime we were at the Otter Room, I'd always get a tall Molson. Good Canadian lager. They quit carrying it. And now we switched to those Sierra Nevadas. It's because Canadian, Canadian lager. That's real gross, dude. <laughs> dude, they're it's like, solid. It's like Moosehead. That's <laughs> oh, get out of here. I can't. I can't do. I can't drink Moosehead ever since we uh, did um, psychedelics in the forest that one time. <laughs> yeah. I can't drink it anymore. That's fair. That was years ago. <laughs> yeah, that dog really fucked it up for yeah, all it fucked of us. Everything, dude. I saw a. Uh, it was it had been somebody's dog, but it was a dog just out loose, and it looked so identical to that dog. It it's like, back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, the fucking oh, oh my, yeah, <laughs> oh shit, the glory days, the good times. We'll have to run that back again one of these days. <laughs> yeah, never again. <laughs> Pussy. No, yeah, I'm not fucking doing that shit again. No. Are you kidding me? You 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 couldn't even force me. I, <laughs> that was that was a rough yeah, rough one. That was pretty rough. The worst part of that, we are all, we are all, you know, in our heads vibing. Jake's going through a freaking internal crisis. I, I didn't know it was bad. I, I was new to the whole thing. I, didn't, I thought this is how it was supposed to go. And it turns out I was just having a really bad time. <laughs> <laughs> I was living like a nightmare scenario. And I, I was just like, this is good. This is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> I remember looking up at the sky. You remember playing Black Ops, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, where you see the numbers in red and shit like that? I remember looking up in the sky in the night sky and seeing like seeing like runes like 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 the Nordic runes, but in the flashing red like like textures, and I was like, huh. <laughs> oh, I might overdosed you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is not fun at all. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm just wet. <laughs> 
Michael's acting like a frog, and the <laughs> Mushroom Michael's the grossest character in existence. <laughs> He's just damp and gross. <laughs> rolling around in the grass. Yeah, it reminds me remind, remind of Frank. Yeah, Frank from Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, just kind of like icky. <laughs> Why are you always sticky? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, I wanted to hit one more topic before we get out of here. I don't want to yeah. eat up your whole afternoon. No, We're closing good. in on two hours, but... um. Actually, speaking of that, I'm going to piss again. I'm going to give Jake an opportunity this time. Oh, so yeah. We're going to yeah. step away real And we're back. Bladder's empties. Hands full. We're good to go. Hands full of beer, not a meat. <laughs> no, no, I did that get a laugh. Yeah, nobody assumed that. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're thinking about it. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, we're probably going to go over our two-hour allotment. So, uh, hell yeah, because Jake's awesome. And... Uh, I don't want him to leave because I'm lonely and it's raining outside and I need a friend. Isn't, isn't, isn't Jordan back home? Is she just sitting in the house? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but oh. we've got a trip coming up, so we're going to wrap this episode up with a little bit of trip planning for that. Um, so we have a resurrection pass through hike we're planning on doing, uh, which is like, what, second week of July, somewhere in yeah, there? Yeah, second week of July. We should be pushing it for the full foliage. Yeah. But, uh, so it's a 36 mile through hike. Uh, Are you sure it's not more than that? I th- want to say, according to the state parks, it's like 36.8. Oh, 38. Yeah. That's close. But, um, 38 mile through hike. Um, you playing five days for that? I think so. She will crank that shit out. Yeah. Because it's um, breaking down the trail. It's pretty, the side we'll be starting on because there's the Hope side and then the like Cooper Landing side. Yep. Cooper Landing side knocks out all the hard shit in the first two days. And then it's a pretty gradual backslope hike into Hope. Yep. Um, yeah, 38 miles because what, what we're, we're planning, it's what, a week? It's like a Thursday through a Monday, yeah, we're thinking. Shit, was it? I think it was... Um out here i got my phone out yeah we're gonna do uh, some live 20, trip planning 20 20 through the 24th so it'd be uh it'd be thursday through monday yeah we, we plan plan for five days but like honestly 38 miles maybe we've done in four yeah that's, that's less than 10 miles a day yeah we cranking that easy but um so like, what's what's the plan um so if you're you've, you guys are just hoping for a summation of this uh summarization you're not going to get it because uh <laughs> We've done some pretty poor trip planning up to this point. So, yeah, we don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are we planning to be, like, hiking Thursday morning or? I mean, I, I, would, I, I get off work. I get what's off, what's I get, your I work, idea? I get off work Thursday morning, so we'll probably start on the, we'll probably start on the, so I have to drop a car off and hope. Yep. But if one of us leaves early enough and gets the hope and brings brings gets back, we could start Thursday morning and, and work that entire day. Yeah, because be nice. I planned on taking Thursday off, but I was I just wasn't sure what your guys' plan with everything I is. Mean, I would. Yeah, so I'll take Monday and Thursday off work. Um, but, yeah, so we do two vehicles up, nope. drive up to Hope, dump one of them there, load all the gear and everybody into another vehicle, yep. drive down to Cooper Landing. And start hiking through. Yep. Uh, and right now, the plan, I know I'm in, Sean's in. I don't think Sam's going to be able to make it due to work. Yep. You're in, and then Chelsea, Chelsea should be there. Should be. So, four-person group. What? And we're just, our plan's just to 
make the through hike, right? I think it's just that's really all I got really at this point. I mean, there's I think there's some fishing in the lakes, but it's like just like it's basically trout fishing. Yeah, trout like, lake I know is which was like really? yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at like the seven eight mile marker from the Cooper Landing site, yep. so that'd be like day one, morning, yeah, day two day. type thing. Yeah. Um, and I know there's good fishing in there, but outside of that, because, like, for me, I'm just stoked to do I'm just, I'm very, the through hike, I'm, I'm you know. There, it's, another, it's just another challenge for me, really. Yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, it's not sad, but it's true. I'm just there to do it, because I've already done Johnson Pass, and that this would be the next big hike for me in, in Alaska. Yeah. The next multi-day, the next multi-day one, and then after that, it's everything, everything else is local, really. Yeah. Like, so what are you bringing for – for gear with that stuff so we know we're all gonna have packs because we gotta have at least you know four or five days worth of food i mean god forbid uh, it rains but yeah. if it rains it's gonna be a lot of rain shit yeah no shit I mean, but, mostly rain stuff but like what are you planning on bringing for like you know your cook system water system like do you know what what gear you plan on taking for this trip so i got i got um an MSR, one of those, the old style pump ones that they don't make anymore that I fucking refuse to work to age out. Oh, the water filter? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that thing is the shit. Um, and I'm never going to get rid of it. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so I'm going to bring that for water because we got, we got lakes, which is cool. And then yeah, I'll, bring, I'll be bringing uh, my MSR, uh, oh, God, the one that runs off gasoline. Um, for cook stove? Yeah, cook stove. I think that's their Firefly? No, uh, the older version. Firefly is a newer one. But it's the multi fuel. Yeah, yeah. You you can just use gas for it or whatever. Yeah, I freaking love that thing. So I'm gonna use that. Um, and when you say gas, are you talking about like white straight, gas? No, straight gasoline. Just gasoline. You put straight gasoline. That some of it. Send it. <laughs> Question. So on that, do you have like a container? You yeah. how, What's the process with that? I haven't used a gasoline. So it's stuff. cool. It's cool. It, it, and the reason why I got it is because I, I I think it's a freaking rip off to have to go buy a special gas for this shit. It's a little bit lighter. Don't get me wrong; it's not liquid, yep. um, so gasoline's heavier. But like, I I have this fat like half liter container that I just bring with me on these multi day trips, and I'm golden. Yeah. Doesn't matter how cold it is, doesn't matter how warm it is. All I have to do is basically get put a little bit of gas in this catcher, and then set that on fire, and it'll light the rest of the, the it'll light, light the burner to a, a temperature that'll evaporate the gas. After that, I'm golden. I can use. Huh. I'll be good for all five days. So does it burn? Day. Does it have like a propane or a white gas head where it's like you know yeah. you've got your compressed flame, your yeah. fuel going in. So you, you basically you basically pressurize the gas, and then there's mm. this little pump that comes that comes with, and then it's part of the hookup, which is really easy. Um, you, you, you compress the container, and then you, you basically let a little bit out, so a little bit of that gas leaks down into this catch pan below it, and that essentially, in the dumbest way possible, basically lights the whole thing on fire. Like you just hmm. light the whole you light the whole stove top on fire and it, and it heats the shit out of it. And the reason why you do that is because what it's going to do then is it's going to take all that that, that compressed gas after you after and after you've lit it on fire that gas will come down a little bit. You reopen it again and now that that gas is going to be super heated when it comes out and it's going to be just a straight flame and it'll be a, it'll be like a really tight blue flame. It's really cool. Huh? Yeah, I gotta show you one time. It's great. They're expensive as fuck because they only run on gasoline, which saves you a lot of money. But they're great. I freaking love them. Boys water fast. Does everything you want to do fast. Nice. And uh, so is that only a gas stove, or can you also use like kerosene? I don't know. Or, yeah. <laughs> I, I just go get gasoline. I've been doing it since I was in Boy Scouts. I just had huh. this shit gas stove, which is kind of funny. Oh, there's Chelsea. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because like you know when you were doing, I was doing Boy Scouts and doing, and even like now when I talk to you, nobody really knows about it. 
And mm-hmm. so I like show them how to do it, and they're like this is a fucking hassle. Like, cause it's, it's, you don't just you don't just turn a knob and you light it. Yeah. You have to like do this like kind of kind of sketchy procedure, or <laughs> <laughs> you you have to light the whole thing on fire. Yeah. So you can't do it in your tent for the most part. Yeah. yeah, unless you're like in, like on the outside, but in your fly, like you can do that, but nothing else. Yeah, um, and if you fuck it up, you just explode. So. <laughs> no, that's honestly what I'm most excited for for this trip because, like, me and you, we've been friends for as long as I've been in Alaska yeah. for the most part. But the amount of like we've trip never, surfing, we've never camped together. I no, no, I don't think we've outside of car camping. Yeah. you know, getting drunk yes. at a bonfire yeah. and then sleeping in vehicles. <laughs> sleeping, sleeping in my Subaru. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, I'm stoked because you've always done. You know, we've always done the same type activities to some capacity, but due to work, lifestyle stuff like that, you know, we've always been good friends. Stayed, you know. Yeah close but we've just never, never really it's a good point never really put together you know a trip that was like me and sean you know we were thinking about it whatnot um you know we've done a ton of shit together but we'd never like when he shot his bear that was the first thing like we'd ever killed together or ever like really first we'd done a couple hunting trips but like that was the first time it all like come together i was like huh it's great i've killed killed or been a part of you know over 50 60 maybe 70 animals at this point in alaska but yep. you know quote unquote one of my best friends the ho- you know co-host of this part everything and i was like huh it's the first time we've ever <laughs> sealed the deal together you know it's that's funny just one of those things but i'm excited to see like how you know you and chelsea's system because i'd love to geek out on that shit you know you're, like you're gonna see how you're gonna see how fucking rudimentary everything i do is yeah and, dude, and you're gonna love, I'm gonna it. love it exactly I, <laughs> I, I, every, everything i own is used every, every ounce of equipment except for no every ounce of equipment i own i own is used for the most part except for maybe my clothes fuck yeah i, I know the jacket you're wearing is not yeah used, this is this is not used it's brand new <laughs> i know I, that's this is me splurging right here <laughs> Looks good on you. It's, though, a, it's, a, range, it's a rain jacket, though. I can't use it. My, 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 my old rain jacket was used. Yeah. Shout out to the Kuyu Yukon rain gear. Um, <laughs> even though y'all need to send me a yeah. new pair of pants, you fucking assholes. I meant to call on Friday, but you're being dicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they're, they're, they're too good for you. It's too, I spend thousands of dollars on that shit. They're like, oh, well, we'll send it in. Just get it repaired. I'm like, it broke when it was brand new. I rely on this on 10-day hunts. I don't have a backup pair of rain pants. No, send me a new pair of fucking rain pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's not how lifetime warranty works, but besides not. the fact. Uh, but, no, I'm stoked <laughs> to just see how everybody does everything, and that's why You're I was... You're see how impatient I get with Chelsea so quickly. <laughs> Someone who likes to do outdoors, she's, she's, she struggles sometimes. That's she, all right. When Jordan, I, you know... Uh, Valiantly, I don't know. I'm too drunk to think of seven letter words. Um, <laughs> when she bowed out of uh, this camping trip, you know, I was bummed. I wanted her to be a part of it. I wanted her to push herself a little bit, and whatnot. But I was also like, sweet. I don't have to carry three quarters of her bullshit now. <laughs> That's a nice thing. Chelsea does carry her weight. She's fucking. Yeah. She's a monster. I was like, she's a fucking carrier. trainer. She's. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, she's she better she, carry she, your she, fucking backpack. She ain't no bitch. I'll give her that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm stoked. Are you? Uh, are you and Chelsea? gonna be sharing a tent or yeah Might as well i mean fuck it we can share a tent yeah well i was just curious on your sleeping range you want to sleep in my tent (laughs) no i think i'm gonna bivy it for the trip i think i'm just gonna tarp and bivy the whole trip yeah aren't too bad yeah they'll probably be out and about but luckily i've got you know i can completely close my bivy and i've got a little bug screen on it whatnot but it'll probably be too hot for that because i'm you know i'll be rocking a 15 degree bag i'm thinking about i've got an rei 30 degree bag the, it's just like a back, like yeah, just, it's just a sleeping bag. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. But 
I might rock. I'll, I'll, it'll be weather dependent because I love my Stone Glacier 15 degree. It's a, it's light, packs tiny, super warm. But if it's 60 degrees on our trip, I'm in a bivy. It's it, on a. It's, fucking... it's gonna, it's gonna be a surprise to 30 and 35 degree night, and you're just gonna be like fucking dying out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll probably run my Stone Glacier. But um, me and Sean, this we went bear hunting this last weekend, and we just bivvied out, and it was nice because I got a nice tarp and you know good bivy setup and whatnot. So I'm thinking about doing that just to do it, you know, just a fucking you know, cut three ounces. But uh, no, just to do it, you know, I don't do a lot of bivy camping. Uh, just never really had the opportunity. I've just I've got really nice tents, and most uh, of the yeah, time you're you? an extra eight ounces. It's nice to have, but yeah. I'm thinking about doing that. Sean was thinking about doing the same, so we might just share a tarp and just double bivy. But I'll, I'm gonna bring. I always bring two stoves just because I'm fucking. It's one of those things. Like, You're paranoid. I, yeah, exactly. Because I've got a little uh, MSR um, pocket rocket. Super. Sm- I mean, the whole thing fits in a like yeah. an Altoid container, basically. Um, but I keep that as like my emergency um, stove, and it's just nice if I don't want to break out my jet pool and stuff. I'm gonna bring that, bring my pocket rocket. I'm also gonna bring my Katadyne gravity bag. I've got a three liter gravity filter. Those are cool. Yeah, I like them as long as you keep them clean and back. As long as, and long, stuff. as long as there's no pollen in the fucking water. I remember when I was when I was working for the parks, and Jesus <laughs> Christ, like it, it was it was there was a really polleny like uh, so like spring or whatever, and. Uh, <laughs> There's a pollen all over the water, and that shit that shit clogged up so quick. Yeah, it was like we're kind of out of water right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're sitting there. It takes an hour to do a liter. Yeah. No, this one I've had good luck with it. I always backflow it and stuff, um, but I usually keep some like Aquamere tabs too, just as like you know redundancy. Absolutely, um, Might as well. Because it's weird. I'm trying to like get into the just camping mode. My bag's always ready for hunting trips and stuff. So it'd be nice to like ditch the kill kit, kit ditch yeah. the game bags. I don't need three knives in my pack <laughs> and shit. Like, but I'm also trying to decide if I want to, I think I'm going to take my Kuyu pack because my Barney's, I love it. It's all freaking set up over there, but it's a dump truck. The thing's massive. Yeah, there's no reason. You only got four days out yeah, there. Exa- I don't need an 11,000 cubic inch pack. You're not going to go live out there. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got my 3,600 that I might run. I'll probably be able to fit everything in there. And then I've also got a 5,500 that I can attach to my frame. But I'll probably take my Kuyu pack for it. But for food, I'll have, you know, some, I'm doing all dehydrated and stuff. Um, Jesus, really? Yeah. Damn. Are you bringing? I'll bring real food. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I'll bring. I'll bring, bring at least freshies for the first day. Fuck. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. You know, I might. I might stash some I'm stuff. A, but. I'm a canned chicken monster, dude. I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll shit a canned chicken. It's it's a little heavier, yeah. but that shit feels so good after a long day. Just put oh. a canned chicken on a stove and, and yeah. fry it. It's so good. Have you had the new Peak refills though? The dehydrated meals. No. Company Peak. Good, they're fucking delicious. Really? They're they're really Interesting. good. And they're high because like that's the thing about dehydrated meals. They're always like five, you know, fifty or five hundred sixty calories, seven hundred calories. Like they've got some like twelve hundred calorie meals, wow. and they're pretty fucking tasty. Like I, I could cook them up for dinner, serve it to Jordan, and just like not. If she was not in the room when I cooked it, she probably couldn't get. Like really? they're they're really good. They're like twelve bucks a pop, which. You know, yeah. kind of sucks, but it's also homer, it's also that, homer prices, though. Yeah, you'd spend that anywhere for food up here. So, yeah, 
but they're pretty solid. And Sean's a firm believer. We'll go on a two day trip, and I've been going through like my old dehydrated shit that's just been sitting around for forever. And he'll whip out like the Primo Peak stuff, and I'm just like, mm, that looks really. Sean does not skimp on his camping food. <laughs> he'll break out a hundred for fucking some dehydrated meals and some shit. I got a I got a food dehydrator um, from the station. I might actually go and make some. I might. I'm thinking about it. It takes work, but I'm going to actually dehydrate some of the food myself and just see how it goes. That's cool. I actually might do that for one of the days on the trip. Jordan's grandma sends up. She's bought a dehydrator and just started dehydrating shit. And she'll send up, like, care packages. I've got, like, a pack of dehydrated onions, dehydrated tomatoes, like, everything to make, like, full-ass spaghetti. (laughs) But it's all dehydrated, and I really want to, like, she's like, I think I'm just going to throw all this away. I was like. No. I'll, I'll eat it. I was like, I'll fucking chef it up. There's like dehydrated mushroom, like yeah. literally every ingredient to do, like a full steak meal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I might, I might bring it on that trip and do it like day one, day one or something to try it out. Bring some noodles or some shit. But no, that'll be a sweet trip. So if we're doing say four to five days, we're thinking like ten miles a day. Is yeah, that kind of our ten miles a day? Which so it doesn't get shitty, but like yeah, ten miles a day is nothing. No, we'll be that's a, that's we'll a be, short day. That that's nice because we'll be able to just like keep a steady pace, not blow ourselves out, and still be able to like explore, do some side hikes if we want, yeah. just do some you know covering country. Yeah, just hang out. I might bring Jordan. I bought Jordan a really cool collapsible fishing rod. Oh like, yeah, packs down to like this big, but it's a full like six and a half foot like casting rod oh, really? with reel and stuff. I might pack that and just like just fuck around for a couple hours yeah. see if we can't catch up fresh you know rainbow or something for dinner maybe yeah i um i don't even know like, i'm just hoping it doesn't rain like last time i went to do i did fucking johnson pass it was like it was there was, the, we finished it in two days we planned three days we finished it in two because it was raining the entire time we're like what are we gonna do when we get to the campsite just, except sit in your tent yeah just keep nothing hiking. yeah so we, might, we just kept going I just hope I, I hope we get like at least like a couple sunny days out of this four day. <laughs> I think we will. We're going mid July, yeah, and we're up in the Alpine. I think we'll get some odds are. No, what are you bringing for a tent for you and Chelsea? <laughs> My <laughs> fucking oldest dirt, fucking uh, Mountain Hardware. Yeah, uh, oh, I need to repla- I need to replace so bad. It's not even funny. Well, I bet if it's Mountain Hardware, I bet they've got a warranty on it. To not, not one that I could find. <laughs> really? Oh, that's a shame because yeah. that's good stuff. My, but. It was, used to be my dad's tent, and then he replaced it when I was in Boy Scouts, and I kept kept it since Boy Scouts. And I was, it's my only tent I've, I've kept yeah. with me for all these years. No, it's shit. disgusting, um, but it's a two manner and it works just fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, if y'all, if me and Sean don't end up using it, if you want to borrow, I've got a. It's the MSR Mother Hubba. It's Technically a three-person tent, but it's, like, great for two people. It's, like, t- yeah. two people with space. You don't have to be, like, you know, yeah. just, like, slammed in there like sardines. But you're welcome to take that on the trip. And it's, nah, I man. think, the, the fucking mountain hardware. Fuck I, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. If I ever get another tent, though, I'm going to get an REI, honestly. Honestly, fucking God. An REI, REI half dome. I used one of those when I was in the parks. I was in some shit fucking weather. Kicked no, ass, honestly. I was, I was really, I was really impressed. No, that's one of my backups, my because I've got my MSR three person that I really like. Then I've got a Kuyu two man that I use for my hunting trips, which is solid for like a single person base camp. And then I've got a REI half dome. The only thing that slowed me down from using something like that is if I ever want to do like winter shit. Yeah. Well, REI's got some solid four season stuff. And yeah. the nice thing about that is if you can catch it on like either a return or a clearance item, like they're a little heavy. 
but like they they're solid. They're four season stuff. You can get a nice four season that would be like comparable to like a nice black diamond or something yep. for like four fifty. Yeah. Which is nice. They've got I mean they got solid stuff. Yeah, they put good shit to, yeah, they put some good shit on the market. There's yeah. some bad stuff on the market, but they put no <laughs> right. But no, they've got some solid equipment. But no, I'm stoked for that trip. It'll be fun to like figure out what you know, everybody uses and just see everybody's system. Yeah. I I love geeking out on that. I love sitting around camp and be like, "What is that? You're what gonna, do you use that you're for?" You're gonna see Chelsea's Jan Sport, and you're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, if she needs a backup pack, I got one. <laughs> She's got one. She's just being stingy. <laughs> Jake, the house got to get done. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, hell, let's wrap this bad boy up. Well, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode. Mr. Jacob Richter, it's always a pleasure to get you on here. And uh, not so not so uh, often we get the chance. You're a busy cat. I'm a busy cat. So it's it's nice when we actually get to sit down and, you know, have a discussion. You're a great storyteller. You like to break things down well. And, you know, I'll see good you. talker. I'll see you in 80 more episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, talk to me again when you have a mountain hardware a fucking yeah. sponsor. When, when I, sponsor I, like, I start talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, like always, sorry, I had to touch a button on the screen. Like always, we'd uh, ask you guys to go ahead and leave a, leave a rating, leave a review, comment if you so mind, all that stuff. It just... Honestly, I could care less, but it helps get this uh, get this podcast out to everybody. Uh, let's new ears get a hold of this. You know, it helps other people help themselves. So, you know, we're not always great about giving the best information, but uh, some information is better than none. And some people are starting from zero. So uh, help them out by uh, helping us out and uh, give us a like, a rating, a review. Share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, whoever. It doesn't matter to me. As long as you share it, you know, we help you, you help us. That's how life works, you know. That's how basic society operates. Um, but if you need to message us, get a hold of us, you can do it at Michael underscore Swoboda on Instagram, Sean underscore Love, L-U-V on Instagram. Uh, you can also track me down on Facebook with that same name. Uh, you are also welcome to send us an email at average alaskan podcast at yahoo.com if you so desire i'm not the best at getting back to email i fucking despise email you guys know that i'm pretty uh pretty punctual over there on instagram so if you want to get a hold of me that's your best avenue to do so before we get out of here jake is there anywhere you'd like people to follow along with your stuff do you want to stay incognito ask her you can follow me on mullet medic at, uh, at instagram hell yeah please message me and tell me you found me on this podcast because that would make my day <laughs> exactly there you go <laughs> mullet underscore medic on instagram jake does some cool stuff follow along he's an awesome dude he's gonna be on here many times in the future I might be dead too by after this trip, so you know, it's your last opportunity to connect if you want. Exactly, it. message him, and then when you see a news article about him, you'll be like, "I know that guy. Yeah. I was just talking to him. Yeah, now he's dead." <laughs> but no, Jake's always out here pushing his boundaries, pushing the boundaries of the humankind, all that fun stuff. No, Jake's an awesome dude. Follow him over there. He'll be back on here for sure. And if you haven't already, go back and check out episode three of Don't. Effing eat that. 
uh, where Jake was our guest on there. And it was a great conversation, just like this one you guys just listened to. So, yeah, that's about it. We're going to have some more stuff coming down the pipe. You know, it's been pretty sporadic with us putting out episodes. It's busy. We're doing a lot of stuff. We're going to, you know, try and stay as punctual as we can. Please work with us with that. But, you know, life comes up. We don't take any sponsors for this. We want you all to get as met, you know, as much true, honest information as you can with no bias whatsoever. Um, And so until we, you know, start to take on, you know, sponsors and decide to go that route, there might be weeks where you don't get an episode, and I apologize for that, but, you know, i got to keep food on the table. we got to keep stuff going in our personal life, but we're going to stay as punctual as we can with you guys. So uh, thank you for bearing with us with all of that stuff. And for everybody that's been listening for forever, don't worry. We still have big plans in the future. It's coming. We've got big news on the horizon. But until then, stay in the outdoors. Have fun. Do the things you love. Hug a, hug a kid, hug an old lady, help an old lady across the street. Just kill a cat, <laughs> kill a cat for Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Birds' lives matter. Um, but no, just go out there, do the things you've dreamed of. Don't leave anything up for debate or discussion. Don't go to your deathbed and regret anything. That's what life's about. Take it by the horns and go enjoy it. So see you guys next week. Stay frosty. Enjoy the outdoors. Uh-huh.